0: Today on the post game, we announce a new sponsor, Real Frequency. Uh, we actually interview the founders, uh, Evan Moore and his partner, Chad, whose last name I did not get, so I don't know what it is, but he's a great guy. Uh, we get into the weekend. We talk college football. We talk NFL, including the J-E-T-S. Uh, some bet talk. Uh, discuss the PLL championship. I actually caught a little bit of that. We do a fantasy draft segment for you guys. Uh, The Russell Wilson Cringe of the Week, which is a new segment. And then we recap the postgame parlay. Uh, As I mentioned, we have an interview with the Real Frequency guys. Hope you guys enjoy. Recording.
1: Recording. (laughs) Welcome to another fantastic episode of the post game. Uh, Wow. First off, bing, biding, biding, new sponsor alert for our interviews. We have Evan Moore and Chad Clay of Real Frequency. Now you might be wondering what Real Frequency is. Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, we have a new ad read. Real Frequency is a consulting company that is focused on three main areas, mental performance for youth and collegiate athletes, the pursuit of the right college for high school students, and professional transition for college students and professionals. We got a great interview where we dive a little bit more into how they operate their business, why they do what they do. Um, and honestly, I'd say it's probably our most professional interview we've ever done while still keeping it light.
0: Yeah, all the, there there are kids listening to this podcast who could benefit from it. So listen up. You know who you yeah. are. In the Friday group chat, shit. You're in the Friday group chat talking about hating your life. Real frequency can help you not hate your life.
1: I know exactly where you were, or exactly where you are, because that's where I were slash (laughs) am. We have our uh, we have our draft. So I again hand up. I got absolutely steamrolled in the draft last week, but I I feel like you borderline cheated. Um, And then. We have our Russell Wilson Cringe of the Week. We talk college football, NFL, all kinds. We got a great episode here today. Uh, How was the weekend before we talk about a damn thing?
0: My weekend was fire. Why was it fire? Oh, I did a nice steakhouse dinner with the boys on Friday. We had been Mm. planning for a while. We went to this place, Bowery Meat Company. Got a bunch of shitload of steak shitload of sides shitload of apps got fucking a bunch of bottles of wine drank some bourbon then we would just went back to my buddy's apartment and had a darts tournament i won like fucking 200 just waxing people on darts are you uh, nice at darts oh i nice at cricket darts. i used to cricket? have yeah cricket i used to have a dartboard in my apartment and like during covid we would just have apartment parties and me my roommate and i would literally just like pay our rent and darts. We would take everybody's money. It was fantastic. Is that um, your best bar game? Easily, not even close, easily. I'd fucking uh, smoke you. Yeah, I don't know, I've seen you play pool, bro. Uh, Anyway, then Saturday I played golf. I played the same course that I shot the 120 at and I shot a 100. I'm also pretty sure, which is my PR, since starting golf, I'm also 99% sure I really shot a 99, and I fucked up the scoring because the next day I was looking at the scoring. But I'll take the hundred on the nose because that's my own fault. But dude, I was so dialed in. I hit the best shot of my life. Over, I hit like a shitty shot, and I was my pass to the green was blocked by a tree. I chipped it over the tree directly over onto the green. I was smacking a hybrid. My drives were being piped. I put it pretty well. It was the best. So dude, have to, the
1: balls a- to go over the tree with where you're at is honestly, dude, admirable. I was,
0: yeah, I, I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to go for this. And it fucking worked. And like, it was great. I felt like the fucking man. So I played a great round. I won money in that too. Um, and yeah, I'm playing this Friday and I'm hopefully, hopefully I can keep it rolling. And like, dude, I've decided like, Your foursome really fucking matters when you're playing. Some of my friends are like, take it too seriously. And it's just like, it's too much. And some of them like, are just like that, like a little bit more supportive or chilled and laid back. Some of them fucking cheat. Some of them don't. And I feel like you just, yeah, you, know, you gotta if you have that right foursome, you're gonna shoot your best round, and I think that's it's not talked about day. enough.
1: It's honestly not because same thing happened to me over Labor Day weekend. I had the I had the ideal setup. It was my two very good friends. We were shoeless. We were still at a nice enough course where we probably shouldn't have been shoeless, but it's not snobby, so we <laughs> didn't feel bad. No pressure on anything. We were playing kind of like a fun light gambling game. Yeah, shot great. Just was playing great the whole day. So there needs to be more talk about, is golf fun? Well, there are several other factors at play because the wrong foursome makes it a fucking nightmare and the right foursome makes it incredible. Probably like how actual foursomes are, I would assume.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm hoping on Friday, like I'm. it's my buddy's wedding. So we're playing the Friday before. I'm hoping I get like a good group that's not like, we got to play for this money. What's your handicap? These strokes, this, that. And it's just like, dude, can I just fucking try to go low for once? Yeah. Have a couple of drinks. I was also mangled while I was playing. Yeah. It was like it was sick. Great time. Um, But that was, and then Sunday, Sunday. Oh, dude. Sunday, I made wings and then I made chicken parm with my girlfriend. Dude, I'm starting to TikTok. I'm pretty good at it. I noticed. Uh, watch out. Watch yeah. out. TikTok. And so we're making TikToks. I started a TikTok. Series called Cooking Like a Real One. So it's like the whole premise is just a normal ass dude making bullshit, making stuff like not, I'm not trying to fake who I am. It's not good direction. I forget a lot of stuff, but it's just like this is what real cooking is like when you're just a normal guy like me. And I have my sous chef, my girlfriend, who's probably the real chef, and I'm the sous chef, but I do all the talking. So it's been pretty good. And I kind of like TikTok now.
1: Dude, TikTok's great. I've had to yeah. make a bunch
0: for my company.
1: And yeah, we're... you come up
0: a lot of mine. I want to make a top five Benny Je- Ben and Jerry's flavors one. I might do that tonight.
1: Dude, I've been, so that's all I'm going to do is like I made one list. I know, I, can I follow would...
0: you, bro. I've seen them all. It's
1: it's for the viewers. I'm talking to the viewers. Yeah. And the listeners. Oh, okay, sorry. Jesus. Uh, the green screen app is incredible. Like you can just talk in front of whatever you want and you can talk shit um i i don't know why my brain works like this like i hate that i'm assigned they're like nick you need to make you know content for the company tiktok and i'm like fuck that sucks i want to do it for myself and then i'm having like a blast making all of them um can i be honest yeah that chicken parm looked like it sucked dick that was the worst looking chicken parm i've ever seen in my life
0: no it was good dude
1: no, I don't think it was. You need to you need to flatten it out a little bit more. There's no way that that had like a no, nice. No, I flattened it. A,
0: I flattened it a good amount. I still have a piece. You want me to get it right now and eat it in your fucking face?
1: Do it. You're not going to make me hungry. I'm fucking, I'm fucking starving.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, nah, it was pretty good. It wasn't great. The wings were fire. My wing recipe so is un. My wing recipe is proven. My girlfriend and I do struggle with the chicken parm, but hey, cooking like a real one cooking like a real one the ground turkey mexican blast is fire too that's you dude, should add that you're done
1: cooking like a real one talk about what a replacement we fire cooling. so there's no more cooking with cooling. and now there's cooking like a real one an, an all-time upgrade um, let's go but yeah i gotta get some more stuff
0: because i'm gonna run out of content like fairly fast um because i can only cook like so many things but... dude
1: that's why i'm like cooking I, I had this debate the other day i was like cooking TikToks put in so much work and i'm like no they don't they just film what they cook and i'm like they are cooking good gourmet shit like every night of the week to have as much it's insane as they do and it's it insane. like looks good For... and it's edited oh
0: yeah exactly like it i get like so sick of doing it i'm just like all right this is just getting posted the way it is yep which honestly makes um... me like it even more Exactly. It's, it's cooking like a real one. I'm not faking anything. no. no. Um, that's why it's so good. The expectations are so low. It's like the perfect, it's the perfect fucking premise. Um, what else I did I do this weekend? I hung a lot of fucking shit up in my apartment. I did a lot of chores. So I'm on my girlfriend's or Just like pictures
1: side. and decorations and stuff?
0: Pictures, decorations. I just, you know, I've been fucking, dude, my couch is supposed to come now pretty soon. My place mm. is going to be done. I'm pumped. Um, but yeah, what'd you do this weekend?
1: You know what I did this weekend. I was in Montana visiting my dad, uh, my aunt, uncle, and grandparents and Holy shit. What, what a time, what a place. Um, absolutely incredible. So I left on Thursday night, um, got in just in time. So My aunt and uncle live in a town called Whitehall, which is population 1,000. It is about close to paradise as can happen. Um, They have a couple horses. They got dogs running around. My dad's staying there right now, so I got to hang out with my dad and his dog. We went to the local high school volleyball game to watch my cousins play. That was absolute dog shit volleyball, but the whole community was there. Um, My grandparents live in Butte, so then we went to Butte. We had this... uh, this little celebration, and then honestly the highlight of my weekend. So I was playing pickleball on Saturday morning in Butte, Montana, and they just got their first pickleball court in town from what I heard, I can't confirm that. It is only retirees. I'm not kidding when I say I was the youngest player there by about 30 years. I got some other family members there, but they weren't, um, I wouldn't say that athletic is you know their priority, like it is me. Like they don't train pickleball as hard as I do. So playing pickleball against old people, you literally leave thinking that you're a Superman. Like you are an Avenger. Cause they're like, you know, holy shit. Like this kid's pretty good. I'm like, <laughs> no, I just can move more than one mile an hour. So pickleball with old people is incredible and they're competitive about it. So it's like the same group. Everybody's all fired up. That was fun. Um,
0: dude sorry not to cut you off but speaking of pickleball i forgot that i am officially clear to play sports but i'm taking so, it slow i'm only six months post-op i'm literally fucking like a specimen to start captain Two, america since i'm not being since i'm not being you know uh i'm not being paid to play any sports i'm still going to hold out and wait like definitely not ready but like if i was playing the super bowl then i would be ready to go so like like I'm ready, just like in case any indoor lacrosse team was wondering.
1: Cough, cough, Vegas, schedule yeah.
0: release, cough, cough. Cough cough, Vegas, cough Cough, New York Cryptid, Cough. Okay, sorry. Go.
1: No, uh, very valid points. Um hung out Sunday and then the the nightmare disaster began. Um so is not exactly the easiest place to get to and from. My flight Sunday night that would have me getting in Monday morning got canceled. Um and there's like I'm like okay, what other options are there? And they're like, "Dude, you're in Bozeman, Montana. There are no that, that was the option and it got canceled." So I'm like, "Fuck, hey dad, can you turn around and pick me up and I'm spending one more night in Whitehall." Their reroute plan had me going from Bozeman to Phoenix a long layover in Phoenix and then Phoenix to Portland. So I leave Monday morning and I get into Portland Tuesday or I leave Monday night, get in Tuesday morning, long day of travel. I'm like, you know what, whatever, fuck it. They fucking steamrolled me. Allegiant air is on the shit list bucket fuckstick stick asshole Vinny Bolivia list. Um, Flight to Phoenix go, gets into Phoenix Mesa and I'm going over the itinerary and I'm like, God damn, this is a small, the layover was at a different airport. So I have to Uber from Phoenix Mesa to Phoenix Harbor International. I arrived at Phoenix International at 11 p.m. My flight is at 7 a.m. The worst airport to sleep in overnight or have an overnight layover I have ever seen. Very few carpeted areas, no couches. The chairs and like the the little kickstand Ottoman things were at completely different heights. So I couldn't even push anything together to make it resemble a place that I could lay down. Um, Absolutely fucked. So struggle through a night in Phoenix just as I'm getting to bed and getting some sleep because I'm exhausted. Sun's up. People are making announcement about flights and I have an hour until boarding. Um, But I came up with a travel hack. Ready for this one, kids. I was in the very last boarding group. um, Boarding group E for this piece of shit, cocksucking Allegiant flight from Phoenix to Portland. Whatever, I'm gonna make the most of it. I'm gonna have a good time. Um, If you're dead last and they announce that the flight isn't full. So you know how they go like the flight is completely full. We're gonna, it's gonna be a shit show. If they do not make that announcement be the last one on the plane, because I was the very last one. And all these people, all these sheep, bah sheep are walking back to the end of the plane, the back of the bird, which we come up with. And it's fucking packed. Meanwhile, we're walking by like several rows that are completely by themselves. Knowing that I'm the last guy on the plane, I get a whole fucking row to myself wow don't make that announcement be the last one on the plane worst case scenario you just sit in your piece of shit seat best
0: case scenario you get the road to yourself that's a a a win-win
1: travel hack.
0: but what about the uh compartments up top if they're full when you get on now that could be a pain in the ass
1: could be a pain in the ass that's why if it's a completely full flight get in as soon as possible If not, there might be a little bit more room available. There is a risk, you know, there is a risk, but what are you doing if you don't grab your
0: balls and roll the dice every once in a while? I mean, there's, checking your bag is so much less of an inconvenience than the pure bliss of having your own row on a flight. So I think the risk and reward is totally worth it.
1: And- uh travel woes leading into my departure on Thursday to go to Denmark which is just going to be a fucking I'm spending a lot of time on planes and in airports these next coming days so yeah, you're going to be better you make a TikTok series about airports
0: who knows you should you should TikTok baby we're yeah. so on trend <laughs> keeping it real in the airport um all right shall we jump into college football no, let's uh, let's go to the big one
1: first. The reason why why you know everybody listens to us because of our expertise. Yeah, college football. What do you got?
0: <laughs> um, all I have is Syracuse is actually good. Well, um, dude, I mean, come on. They beat Purdue. What I say? Purdue, we'll, get we'll get to the post We'll get to the post game parlay. But there's one team that fucked up the post game parlay. Only one.
1: And it Could wasn't any one
0: of us. <laughs> Dude, that's never going to get to the last leg like, ever, too. It, no. If it hits It's hit always going to
1: get four out of five. And then yeah, whatever the yeah. fifth
0: one is is going to suck. Um, I'm trying to think. I didn't watch too much college football because I was golfing and shooting my hundreds. So like I don't really have too much this week. Um, oh, the Ohio State little trips bubble screen thing. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. That is gonna be deadly. Dude, yeah. college football is so sick because it's like you just come up with crazy shit. And it's you like, can, you can, if you fuck it up. Shit. Yeah. If, if you fuck it up, it's like, ah, whatever. Like remember when the RPO was invented, it was like, Holy shit. That was cool. Like you just come up with random shit. Like I was listening to fucking PFT was talking to Bruce Arians and he was like, dude, the future of football is if you have someone right in your back pocket and you just note a lateral to them, like on long plays. And Bruce Herring shot it down I was like yeah it makes sense like that's so stupid I would never work in the NFL but like could definitely work in college football like I almost think it's a great idea for college football
1: that's why I love college football even more because there's so much room to breathe and room to get creative where yeah. NFL in the- you run a triple option you look like the biggest dickhead on planet earth
0: yeah And the parody is like kind of there right now so that makes it fun
1: yeah, cause we talked about that about how NIL and the transfer portal is actually being not. Yeah, it's it's a good. Besides thing. Georgia, it's actually like, oh shit.
0: Yeah, like so and so is just gonna go to fucking Texas and almost beat Alabama. Yeah, or like why not and, just go to fucking Oklahoma?
1: Yeah, and a bunch of like fucking Marshall is sick this year. Like they should be a <laughs> top five team. It's crazy. No, I um, I was more busy on. Sunday than I was on Saturday. So I watched a decent amount of college football. Um, It's Georgia's to lose as far as I'm concerned. I don't think any team can even get close to them. What is interesting though, Penn State is fucking sick and they're led by a true freshman uh quarterback running back, like best recruit in their class dual threat deal, which is shocking because normally Oh, the the top recruit quarterback and the top recruit running back, maybe one of them pans out and is sick. But the, to watch both of these fucking teenagers just absolutely give it to any team that they're playing is phenomenal. So Penn State is actually good. They're fun to watch because they're young. Again, it's not like we're watching the start of an era because I feel like they're probably going to leave to the league as soon as possible. But next two years, Penn State's going to be nasty. And then the end, Notre Dame sucks ass. We should have lost, or it should have at least gone to overtime. Dude, the
0: video of Tommy Reese roasting the quarterback is so fucking good.
1: Oh, my God. We have the best tight end in the country, arguably, and it's like third and three, and he just throws bullshit. Like, I I really don't fucking understand what we're doing.
0: Dude, it was so fucking funny. I couldn't imagine being on the other side of that call. It's like a third-string quarterback, too, right? Second, oh, all right. <laughs> I would have been like, my job's to fill the fucking water, dude. <laughs> Don't tell me to do my job. Yeah, he's I Alex suck. Moran.
1: He's like, coach. I did not want yeah. the starting job. Yeah,
0: that was hilarious. Also, like, I fucking hate how everyone's like, he Tommy Reese should be fired. Like, it, why? Why do
1: you hate that? I thought you'd be leading the charge.
0: No, I mean, like, fired for yelling at the kid like that? Like, that's fucking oh. – that's, like, coaching, dude. Like, it's just, like, he shouldn't be able to talk to a kid that way. Like – Oh, shut just, the
1: fuck yeah.
0: up ever was saying that. Yeah, like
1: – That's just a little guy. That's just a little tough love. You need that in sports. You need that Yeah.
0: In I mean, the, they fucking won. So, maybe you should do that every fucking game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did you Did you watch the end of that game, though? Nah,
0: I so, told you, dude. I barely watched anything.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe the 30 seconds that you watched was one of the best. I was having fun imagining. So, again, I'm taking the hiatus from gambling still. Um, If you bet on the Notre Dame game, what a what a roller coaster, because the line was 12 and a half. Notre Dame gets a pick six to cover. That's called back. Uh, Notre Dame gets another turnover, which could lead to a cover that's called back, and then Cal almost lands the Hail Mary, which would have sent it into overtime for any Cal money line. So, even if you didn't watch it, uh, that was a hell of a one to literally just go back and watch like two minutes in the fourth quarter down. Not that you actually should, but it was just fucking electric. And then the last one, which was hysterical. Do you know um who Bobby Petrino is by chance?
0: Why does it sound so familiar? He
1: was he's the former coach at Arkansas that was like caught like banging that 19-year-old, and then you know, was, like the disgraced coach. I mean,
0: yeah, I know exactly who he is, actually.
1: So this was my favorite game of the weekend. He is now the head coach at Missouri State. And get who did Missouri State play? Arkansas. And I would assume what we heard on the broadcast was to rub a little bit of salt into this Bobby Petrino kind of fall from grace. They made it family night at Arkansas. So they were like talking about families, how important it is. Meanwhile, he kind of like, I think he left his wife to go bang a 19 year old and like all kinds of crazy shit. And he almost pulls off the upset of the century. Missouri state was up by a touchdown with like two minutes left. And Arkansas mounted a ridiculous, uh, honestly, credit to them, awesome comeback. But the fact that Bobby Petrino almost ruined family night when he's kind of like this southern icon of not being a loyal family man. Oh, and the Petrino family is from Butte, Montana. So, like, my whole family was, like, weirdly invested in the game. So, college football is awesome, though. Every time I'm like, this slate of games sucks, something goes haywire.
0: Dude, you know what else is awesome? And I'm not going to, I just like, I I know sometimes it sounds like we're talking about all the same things. When there's a wedding during football season, it's so much better than when there's time. I just got to fuck, or like the summer weddings, eh, I, I don't know about the summer Why weddings. Because like, there's so much downtime. Like if, like there's, I my friend just got married. It was a great, like we had a great time. It was, it, it was in August, it was August 20th. And like, we had a fucking blast. Like it was one of my favorite weddings to be at, but I'm just saying like the period of, like we woke up at 9 a.m. on Saturday and then there was nothing to do until, well, some of us had stuff to do because we were in the wedding, but I'm thinking if I wasn't in the wedding, like uh, you wouldn't have like uh anything to do until 4.30. So like college football slate is fire. If it's in the spring, you know, you got NHL, NBA, the dead summer—it's just tough for the downtime. Like, what are you going to do for that long?
1: I'm torn I, between that and like, fuck. this ceremony's lovely, but we got three games coming down to the wire. Oh, totally. Well, when one of my, we're checking my, my, one one my best church friends church from Syracuse
0: got itself. married in November, we literally—we were in his wedding. The, uh, where the ceremony was was right where the reception was, and there was this little, uh. He had this little house for us to get ready in, like right by where the um, ceremony was, and we just watched college football all day and drank from uh, until he was getting married, and we were obviously betting on the games. <laughs> He's getting married, and we're like, "You think the gophers?" <laughs> so there's definitely that aspect, but I'm just saying, like, the one o'clock slate, it, it could be a nice touch. Like, I'm excited to. I don't have any like. Um, responsibilities at this wedding besides going to the ceremony and the ceremony is at like four 30. So I'm going to be, you know, chilling, watching college football, nothing else to do. What Playing you yard you that
1: downtime hour as?
0: That's the smoking hour. That's between the ceremony and the after party. Yeah. Or the reception of the after party, excuse me. God, that, that's the, the smoking hour so far. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, college
1: football is sick. Um, I'll let you kick it off because honestly big, Big, big
0: Jets weekend. Dude, let me just start with I had the wackest Monday, like with work, but it didn't bother me at all because the Jets won. Like, you can, I could literally get hit by an 18 wheeler after a victory. I could get hit by an 18 wheeler on Victory Monday, and like, I'd be okay it the way that your mood changes and i only experience it i haven't experienced a true win to like get to like 500 since like 2018. i don't think the jets have been 500 since 2018. so big weekend massive weekend probably one of the best comebacks in like recent memory for that nfl if not like the last 10 years i can't think of any i mean i guess the stakes weren't that high but 95 seconds left down two touchdowns to come back and win for a team it might that's not like, even
1: have been the best comeback of the weekend with the Miami Dolphins. Nah, what about it, was that,
0: it was better than that one. No, um,
1: I, Dolphins one was way better. That's dude, like... the
0: NFL in general this weekend was fucking epic. But anyway, don't fucking cut me off. Garrett Wilson is... It wasn't the best comeback of the weekend. All right. Garrett Wilson's going to be amazing. Dude, Joe Flacco's third in the NFL in passing. One thing I am worried about is if Joe Flacco beats the Bengals this weekend... And then Zach Wilson comes back and doesn't play well. What the fan base is going to do? I don't really know what my reaction will be to that. And I'll wait till it actually happens. Would but you, that's def- you take off, you take Flacco
1: out to put in Wilson.
0: Yeah, I mean you have to.
1: No, you don't. Not if not if he's leading your team to wins over the best comeback victory, the second best comeback. I victory think I think yet. you got
0: to do it because like, do I think they're winning the Super Bowl this year? No, like they're not beating the Bills with Joe Flacco. So like, see if Zach Wilson's. A second overall pick or not and if he's not then get fucking cj stroud or bryce or bryce young or something like move on um because the team is fucking legit like i'm really feeling i'm really feeling the jets right now team wise roster wise we just need a quarterback um but joe's been playing well so i shouldn't say we just need a quarterback but we kind of just need a quarterback to get us over the hump um but yeah it was amazing i am not I like really didn't want to bet on jets money line, but I was like, fuck, man. I just got a feeling right now that they're going to win. So I'm going to sprinkle on jets money line. And I, I'm just so happy, man. It was, it was a great win. It was just like my week so much better. I usually have to go through this whole little thing of like, like fuck football I'm not fucking watching football anymore. Like I fucking hate the jets. The whole team sucks. And then by Wednesday, I'm back in the cycle of like, we could win. We could win. I've seen it. But Hey, this week I'm like, we could win we really could win are we are we going for the wild card the cycle is the cycles get a little bit more liberal now we're really we're really moving i'm i'm chopping up film i've already got the uh elijah moore is gonna have a big game against the Bengals this saturday because everyone's gonna be keen on wilson i got the the positive clips up i'm ready to go i'm ready for war on sunday i'm ready to be heard again i'm ready for it all um so yeah i do have to say one thing about my friends sorry i know i'm ranting They are not taking advantage of where we are in the Jets season. So we all have this wedding this weekend and they're like, nah, man, like I can't, I, we can't watch the game on Sunday together. I'm like, fellas, do you know how much we long for competitive football to matter on Sunday? It, it goes, it's gone away in September like that. And then October, November, watching meaningless football cheering on fucking the tight end of the Steelers to get us an extra fantasy point. It's fucking depressing. And right now is our time. To play competitive football and none of them wanna, none of them wanna do anything for the game. It breaks my heart. So, you gotta find better friends. I do. I. It's just like, it's pathetic. Like, come on. What it's about Jets football? Group, was that group chat popping off? Let's just, well, yeah, they're popping off, but they're all like scumbags. I wouldn't hang out with them outside of like a tailgate. So, I don't wanna mm. like hang out with them in real life. But come on. Like, you guys can't go, you guys can't hightail it back to the city and sit in a bar for two hours and watch the fucking Jets with me, eat some wings, have two beers. It's fucking ridiculous. i order a
1: Tots or French fries, depending be, on what the, yeah. the day is.
0: I maybe grab a pretzel burger on the way home. Who knows? Like, it's Ooh. just ridiculous.
1: Ooh.
0: So, yeah, that's pissing me off. But I'll find something. My girlfriend's a converted Jets fan. She was so hype on Sunday. So, at least she'll watch it with me. Good for but, her. Uh,
1: hey, listen. That's a queen. That's queen behavior right there.
0: I'll let you uh, take the next game you wanted to talk about. That's <laughs> I just don't want to talk about it. 10 for 20 minutes. Uh, you don't want okay, to talk, yeah, about I'll talk about the
1: game that I wanted to talk about. The best comeback uh, of the weekend was Dolphins coming back over the Ravens. What the fuck? To a and Tyreek Hill finally playing good. Throw Waddle in the mix. And that is a recipe for something that is super interesting to keep an eye on. Because how does that suck ass for two games and three quarters in a row? And then in the fourth quarter or one game, and once I don't know. They weren't that good. And then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, remember how we're all absolutely disgustingly nasty at football? Let's do that. Um, which leads me to my next point before I talk about what sucks. I don't know who's good anymore. And I love it. Um, of course, you have, you know, your your Chiefs, Bills, Bucks. That's fair. But I feel like every team is one and one. Like the Giants are 2-0. and The Eagles are 2-0. Who the fuck else is two and zero? Oh? I feel like everybody is one and one, and everybody's beating each other up. The Eagles are good. Eagles are legit good. How good are the Dolphins? I don't know. I love not knowing who's good for the first time in a while. Because I was telling my grandparents when we were sitting down for some lunch, I was like, "Oh yeah, you know the, the Colts are usually pretty good. They got absolutely steamrolled.
0: Um, like they everything. Suck. Huh? This Colts suck. Yeah. I think. I think." Chiefs Bills are in a tier of their own. I think like the Chargers are good. Um, the Bucks are good, the Rams are, are good, like they just shit the bet on Thursday night football. Um then I think you got like your Saints teams, uh, your Eagles teams. The Vikings just got fucking rolled. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's that was like, bad. That was bad. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. No, but I like that there's like so again. I see what you're saying. I mean, dude, the Jets are one on one. The whole the whole league's flipped upside down. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, so what's what's offensive to me is not only are the Broncos like bad, they're boring. Like you look at their game, they won 19 or 16 to 9, and then they won last week 23 to 16, and then the first week, I don't know, come up with a dumbass score like 12 to 17, something fucking stupid. Every game is a snooze fest. Russell Wilson is the biggest dork cheese dick on planet Earth. Um, He's running out, dapping up people that aren't even there. Practicing his dap ups through the tunnel to go out and warm up makes me sick to my stomach. and it's just boring. Like, nothing about what the Broncos are doing is fun. Everybody that is fun is getting hurt. Jerry Judy's at least fun to watch because he'll yeah. completely toast his defenseman and then just drop the ball. That at least makes me feel something.
0: I it's watched the whole
1: Broncos game, and I was ready to fall asleep the whole time.
0: Yeah, they're definitely one of the more boring teams. Honestly, I watched the whole Jets game, and then, like, I had, like, a little red zone side screen, and I don't remember a one play for the Broncos game. So that's kind of how you know. I remember, like, Russell Wilson throwing it out of bounds once and that's a great punt that's like about it so i'm with you i think they're boring as shit but the titans fucking suck dude
1: oh yeah tough tough day for my titans my beloved titans um you know i've been such a fan for so many years and the and they're it's now bryce wasserman's team too because he's on their legal team so he's he's going to every
0: game yeah, Bryce tweeted at the chaos one more win and they fucking lost. then Bryce was at the Titans game and they fucking lost. So talk about reverse bumping.
1: <laughs> that's kind of let's let's do the reverse Wasserman parlay as well. We yeah. Post game parlay and then the, the Wasserman.
0: The jinx. The Wasserman jinx. There <laughs> it is, right there. That's
1: pretty good. Whoever the Titans are playing against and then whoever the cannons and then Can you bet on (laughs) high school football in Texas? Just, like, bet against Westlake or wherever he played? Anyway, we'll we'll look into it. You could probably find some scumbag
0: in Texas to bet on the game. Yeah, bet
1: against Utah Lacrosse because of Drew.
0: Um, But you see the the Cardinals-Raiders game was – Kyler Murray was kind of a fucking beast that. Like, I feel like everyone was high on him. And then, like, he didn't play great last year. He, like, kind of fell off he had the whole bullshit with like deleting the team from his Instagram or and shit like that. And then he had the contract thing come out and then the but, call of
1: duty and everybody's right. Right. Like all the, yeah, the contract
0: stuff come out and he like took a while to sign the deal. Like he was a baller for a lot more of his like body of work than not. And like he signed the contract and fucking he, like so many professional athletes do weird ass shit like that. Like, maybe he just doesn't watch film. Like, is that really the worst thing in the world? Like, at least he's not a fucking scumbag. Like a guy plays video games. So to me, like, do I want my quarterback to be like absolutely football obsessed and like super into it, I guess. But like, at the same time, I think we live in a new era where it's like very accepted to not be that way. So
1: you got to watch film if you're a quarterback.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's not like he's fucking driving drunk or anything. Like there's so many fucking worse situations in the NFL. So fuck it. Like if he, now he, now he's contracted to watch the film. He's watching the film and he just fucking, uh, the fucking Raiders were a playoff team. They're like one play away from going to the AFC championship. And he just fucking danced on them all by himself. So if I'm the Cardinals, I'm kind of pumped. And he doesn't even have DeAndre Hopkins. Like I'm kind of on the Kyler Murray train right now. Everyone's hating too. on him. And I love because,
1: again, just got back from Montana. So I'm talking to my I'm talking to my family about like. Fun NFL games, I'm like, oh, yeah, this game should be fun. And they're like, don't tell me you still watch that shit after they didn't stand for the anthem. And I'm like, OK, yeah, no, I get it. But uh, I'm still going to watch the games. Football is awesome. So I'm excited to watch it. and it's exactly for that reason you watch kyler murray go off but more importantly you watch how the cardinals reacted to that win they're still like oh yeah they're just going out and collecting a check and making millions no grandma love you they're not they they certainly give dude, a that fuck was about epic yeah dude that watching the dolphins watching the jets like when the clocks hit zero everybody going nuts i uh, i we say it every single week but how the fuck is the PLL scheduling things on, you
0: know? Dude, I mean, that game was fucking – that weekend of football was fucking nuts. I, like, I can't get over it. Um, we'll talk about the PLL in a second, but did you hear Dan Olumsky's fart on the air yesterday? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe he actually admitted that he farted, too. Well, it was what was he going to do? What like, it was what such, like, an animation – I thought he literally went, like, with his tongue, like – Because it was so, like, animated sounding. That
1: was a pretty good (laughs) recreation right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy, dude. Uh, But that was pretty epic. (laughs) He admitted it. Hey, you and I have never farted on the air, knowingly.
1: Mm, uh, I mute myself quickly sometimes. (laughs) Just, like, off. All right. You're
0: you're better than Orlovsky. He sneezed and then farted. And I know how it works. Button. You
1: know how it works. You got to hit that mute
0: button. Yeah. Push you that button. Push that button. The cough yeah. button. It even has a little cough logo on
1: it. Yeah. For those of yeah. you that don't know, when you're in the broadcast booth, they have this little button that you press when you cough. Maybe he thought that it was only for a cough and it wasn't for farts. Maybe he got the buttons mixed up. He's like, there's not a fart button. What do I do? What do I do? Just a great <laughs> reminder that farts are funny literally no matter what. I don't care. I really don't care what the situation is. Uh farts are funny. Um I don't know. I didn't really give a fuck about um God. Who who went and handed James Harden the ball? Eagles player? Darius Slay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that got way too much hype. Or I followed yeah. too many Philadelphia people on Twitter. I
0: think you followed too many Phil- Dude. My feed this morning was all Bills Eagles Super Bowl, like fucking nightmare fuel. Um I do have to say I Mentioned a Trey Lance future before the NFL season and he broke his ankle this weekend. So that future will not be hitting. Mm-hmm. But I also placed a Jalen hurts future and he is on fire third in MVP voting right now. So or MVP odd. So future guy now. I think I got him at well, Trey Lance is dead. I'll pull this up quick and take a look. Um But dude, I've been talking so much shit about Trey Lance um or b- about Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And now I kind of just have like this future because all my all my friends are Eagles fans. I just like hate the Eagles. And like he obviously has like some like some doubters who are like, yeah, you can't throw like this net. So I've been like all in on the hate Jalen Hurts train, but mm-hmm. now that I have this future, I can just lean back on it. I got a plus two twenty, plus two, plus twenty two hundred, excuse me. So $20 on it to win 440.
1: All right. I've I've not seen bad. worse. Yeah. I've seen yeah. worse bets. Definitely.
0: It's better than my Derek Carr and my Joe Burrow and my Justin Herbert one. Dude,
1: Joey B's not looking so what, what was his name? I know. Then? Joe not looking
0: great. Yeah, he's coming into uh he's coming to to bet Life this weekend. Yeah, I was gonna. I should really be at MetLife, dude. It's gonna be a sick game. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, anything else NFL? No, I think we're good. Oh, do you see Eli Manning dress up at the Penn State tryouts?
1: Chad Powers or whatever. Dude, that was
0: epic. You gotta do that. I really enjoyed that video. I
1: I was homeschooled. I my mom made me watch film.
0: Dude, I couldn't tell who believed him and who did. Like, did all the coaches know? I have no idea because it looked like some of them
1: were certainly in on it and it looked like some of them had no the head coach was in
0: definitely in on it. Yeah. yeah. But I couldn't oh, yeah. Tell he who knew. Else was, yeah. I couldn't tell who else. But yeah, it was cool. Um, all right. So I sort of want to retract, but not really retract, but sort of retract my hate for the PLL uh, timing because 1 p.m., which they did the previous week, is definitely way worse than 3 p.m. So I will at least give them that credit. Still terrible time to schedule it, but 1 p.m. is infinitely worse than 3 p.m. because I actually did catch the fourth quarter of this one because when the 1 p.m. games ended and the 425 one started, I was like, let me just turn this on. So I was able to catch the fourth quarter. So that was better than missing the entire game because I was watching football, Um, but it's still insanely dumb. Also, I think like the viewership was down like almost 50, almost a hundred percent, maybe, or 50%. Did you see that?
1: I thought it was like 50%.
0: Got a bunch of trucks driving by. Hold on. must be a fire. New York city.
1: Yeah. Hey, stay
0: safe. Um, but yeah, I think the viewership was down a ton. So probably not the best idea, but I did catch the fourth quarter My takes. Blaze laying out Michael Sowers was pretty epic. Um, The the chase, so I'll just paint you the picture of like how, like what happened. The water dogs are up two by two. I think 11-9 or maybe 9-7 even, I can't remember, but two. And the chaos score. And then the ball's going back and forth a few times. You know, there's some exciting plays. The chaos go down a man, they kill it, this and that. Josh Byrne catches the ball in transition. It gets laid the fuck out. Sick hit. I saw it. Ball's on the ground. Yeah, sick hit. Like, I mean, like it was a great hit. Great play. Great bang-bang play. The ball's on the ground. And Chase Frazier makes an unreal play with four water dogs on him, like four poles, and he somehow picks up the ground ball. And he's running with the ground ball. Gets slashed a couple times. Towers calls a timeout. Chase Frazier then, forearm shivers. The guy in front of him knocks the guy over. That guy gets up, like kind of gets in his face. Then Chris Sabia comes over, bumps into him. And he's gotten away with all this bullshit. And then he just like punches Chris Sabia in the face. And Jesus. Dude, it was so dumb. Like, I don't understand, like, don't, you can't even come close to, like, convincing me that these guys play box, so they, like, forget that it's not a rule. But, like, it's, you can't do that in lacrosse. Like, why, like, in field lacrosse, you can't do that. There's no extracurriculars after the whistle. So why, like, how are you that fucking stupid? And I'm only saying this because I had a future, but still, like, it's so, it was so dumb. Like, he's a fucking moron. Anyway, that like, I was just like, dude, like, who are you trying to be? Like, you're trying to be a tough guy, so in front of every fucking person there, you're just going to, like, punch this dude in the face? Like, of course you're going to get a penalty. He's lucky that they even called a penalty on fucking Sabia for bumping him. But I will say in his defense, like, just let it roll. Like, you probably don't want the game to be decided on a stupid thing like that, and it basically was. I think they got to change, like – I think they should change the rule, honestly, before they – I think they should change the rule, but since he, he knew the rule, like he shouldn't have done that, but every fucking person does it. So like, I guess you got to just let the players like bump each other a little bit like the NHL. And that's that because. But
1: he did like, so it was kind of like a little bit of face washing and then he punched someone. No, the guy,
0: like he, he literally fucking forearm shivered. The guy, Liam Burns, Liam Burns, like rolled over. Then Liam Burns got up and was like, what the fuck? Liam Burns didn't do anything. Savia comes over and bumps Frazier, and then Frazier goes boom, right in the face. And like Matty Palam's like, ah, oh, the punch was worse than the the bump. It's like, dude, wh- wh- where is that in the rule book? Like, it's ref's discretion to like, who was a bigger dickhead after the whistle? Like, it's just, it was so ridiculous. And that like, literally decided the game. Uh, I mean, it's just the, like, the overwhelming reaction for me is don't fucking punch someone. Like, yeah, no, I think I think Chase Frazier is public enemy number idiot. And then uh, number one idiot, sorry. Public and then, enemy uh,
1: number idiot.
0: <laughs>
1: that's a new bit. New bit alert. Public <laughs> enemy number idiot.
0: Yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, we'll do that every week. Uh, but change the rule. Like, if every guy is going to – how many times are, like, guys are like fucking shoving each other and shit after the whistle? And, like, then Matty Palin well, – Rarely
1: those are dis- called. I feel like that's only an issue if someone throws a punch.
0: But Sabia got called for bumping him too. I guess because he was trying to make it even. I don't fucking know, dude. The the fact that we're arguing on the gray area goes to show you that it needs to fucking change. But I digress. It's just like, he's a fucking You hated to see a future slip through. I just like, I don't get who you think you are. Like, why don't you know the fucking rules to the point where like, you don't punch a kid in the face with the two fucking minutes left in the game. Like in a, in a one possession game. It was so stupid. It was so
1: stupid play. Doesn't matter what happens. It's the championship game. You don't punch someone in the face
0: yeah yeah that's a
1: pretty easy take like that's not even controversial like know, no one can argue it's that.
0: not controversial yeah fucking it
1: i i won i am a champion i'm a pll champion
0: yeah congrats are you getting uh fitted for a ring
1: what do you mean like a ring like a on ring. my finger or yeah oh yeah one of those rings <laughs> um yes i am uh, it's, it's going to look incredible. It's going to look immaculate. I am the glue that the water dogs needed to get over the hump. Um, honestly brought a, uh, brought a tear to my eye to see all the people that I know who are just going to get blacked out. I'm starting to get some text. So right after, uh, the dogs won, I texted everybody that I know on the dogs and said like, Hey man, uh, would love to hop on a business call tonight. Let me know when you're free. Just like some stupid generic version, like requesting a call that night. Um, Schlosser and Dylan Ward and Zach Career all got back to me today, so they have been on two-day absolute monster bender. Um, Wardo said that he was surprised that the hangover didn't kill him. Glad to see that he uh, didn't have to pay for tickets either. Um, that Wardo, you know, wasn't wasn't attending. That he was actually playing. Yeah. Um, inside joke alert, we might tell him that, but he told us not to tell people. Um, I have a take is that Zach Courier is, uh, is a pretend tough guy. He flops way more than he needs to be. I saw another another instance in which he flopped her in that game, but seeing him blacked out, uh, I FaceTimed Schlosser, everybody was blacked out, having a great time. Um, honestly, I feel like having one two championships what you don't want to do is immediately go champagne beer pink whitney whiskey cigarettes cigars in the first 20 minutes you got to pick one and choose like you don't want to have the sugary drink because that's going to put you out of commission on what should be a great bender stick with clear liquor stick with straight vodka and beer choose two and what's cool too is they all got fucked up they were at the airport And then apparently Eli Goldberg uh, told a bunch of the guys, they were like, hey, we're all at the airport right now. Fuck it. Everybody cancel your flight. We're going to the Eagles game. Convinced like five people to stay an extra day, go to the Eagles game, get completely blacked out again. It was in Philly, which is a town where you can get recognized for playing lacrosse. So they said they got some beers for free in the tailgate. They they had a great time. Philly has to be a great atmosphere. I think Blaze was
0: there too. Who was? Blaze, yeah, fucking Blaze was just drinking his sorrows away, um, dude. Monday night football in Philly—I feel like it's basically like the next day is a day off. Like everyone's just getting fucking chipped. Yeah, especially if you're on prime like time, and yeah, fuck, dude, I can't wait for like a big Jets game in prime time. One day. Don't
1: get your okay. Keep it, keep it cool. Just be happy that you're just playing one day in prime time. time. Like it could, could be in a
0: come. couple of years. It could be a couple of years. I'm just saying, I can't wait just saying,
1: just saying, I, I would hate to see dun, your dun, heart dun, broken. Dun, bum, 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 bum. No, careful. careful. Here come the judge. Dun, dun.
0: <laughs> just, 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 <laughs> um, Last thing, the water dog smoking victory cigs <laughs> instead of a cigar was actually unbelievable. Like, that's just a hat tip moment. Absolutely, like, incredible I mean, having Billy Hot Takes and Dugues in there was fucking whack, but smoking the Cigs was was epic.
1: dude. And then they were like, look, they made it. Barstool, Big Cow. Oh, yeah, that East was time. so I was fucking like, whack. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I will say, I'm glad to see, again, tip of the cap to the dogs for ripping darts because I thought last year, and especially since Joe Burrow did it at LSU, the cigars after a championship have been completely overplayed. I thought the chaos was cringe with it last year. So I was glad to see there was a little bit of it. I'm not going to pretend like there weren't some pictures. I was like, fucking relax there fellas. But the cigarettes just took it to to level 15. So Mikey
0: (laughs) Slosher with the fucking cigarette was epic.
1: Oh, so here's, here's something funny about Schlosser. He FaceTimes me on Saturday and he's like, Hey Nick. And I'm like, what's up, man? And he goes, hey, congrats. And I'm like, congrats on what, Mikey? I haven't done shit lately. He goes, well, you could be engaged to your ex right now, but you're not. And I'm like, the fuck? Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. That was pretty good. Dude, he was thinking of you. That's nice. Turns out it was because uh, my ex got engaged this past weekend and he was FaceTiming. I didn't even know about it. Oh, wow. So He FaceTimed me to congratulate me that I wasn't the one getting engaged to her. What honestly, that's a stand up move by Mikey before I even knew about it. He FaceTimed me and congratulated me that it wasn't me. That's a tip of the cap moment. So no wonder the water dogs won, because not only am I the senior locker room strategy consultant, but you got guys like Mikey Schlosser looking out for people that they don't even know about what's going on. Oh, That's really incredible. (laughs) And it was good because I really didn't give a fuck. (laughs) So I was like,
0: oh, that's cool. Yeah. Who cares? Um, Enjoy your shitty life, dude. <laughs> I don't care. All right,
1: let's get to the bits, 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 fantasy draft. Uh, again, last week you kicked my ass. We're only going to do three, but we're just going to do, uh, what are we doing? Put water dogs, players that you want to post game with after a championship. That's kind of lame. Do we want to call an audible?
0: Yeah, I thought we had something else. We wrote that in. Oh, I do want to comment. The champagne on the podium is a wild move. It's not it, right. It, it's that's like for the locker room and then there's funny videos like of the guys going live on Instagram or like some behind the scenes footage. They, like it just it looks so like weird. So I, and I the know that's not
1: the, the formal time. That's yeah, when you like I know shaking that's, like, that's hands like, and like, thank right. you very much for and all you have like a work. funny
0: quote. Like you don't want fucking guys with fucking champagne in their eyes and just like being assholes. Like that's when you want to have, like, maybe there's a funny quote about booze in, in the locker room or something, but like, that's about it. Like the podium should be like Dylan Ward's interview where he's like, I don't know what this fucking belt is. Like, get this the fuck off me. But, like that one where he's like, I have no idea what this is, but I'll take it. Like, that's a funny little clip moment. Like, the first picture of the champions with the trophies, like, shouldn't be fucking Michael Sowers with a champagne bottle down it, his throat. It, like, it was, it's weird.
1: And, like, yeah. I'm all – you think I'm not a fan of partying and getting after it and drinking after you win the championship? Of course I am. But them having, like, Pink Whitney nips as they cut down the net, I'm like, we couldn't wait 20 minutes for it to – not even be family-friendly, but just not be such a degenerate scene, really. I know. And that's coming from me, a, too. If like, you want to
0: be, like, taken seriously, like... Have a guy serious. sneaking
1: it in the background. That'd be funny, is if there's, like, a guy sneaking it in, like, the semi-professional moment, but... No, I, I completely agree. It's like, listen, the podium is for the generic coach player speak. Oh, you know, the credit to the chaos, they played a great game, but you know, this team is just, you know, we yeah. came together, we clicked. I just do that bullshit. All right. Power rankings, snake draft, least favorite sports teams. All
0: right, you go first this time. Now, hold on, what's
1: criteria? Unanimous across everybody or your own personal? I think your own
0: personal, but like also probably including the, you know, a majority outlook on it.
2: Fuck the
1: Detroit Red Wings. That's my number one overall pick. Always will, always forever. The Detroit Red Wings are a scumbag organization. Uh, That's my number one pick. And there's not even really a close second.
0: I'm going with the new England Patriots. Um, personally, they get this, like, first of all, I mean, they've dominated this, like everyone's favorite sport, the most popular sport in America for a decade and, or more, more than a decade, no a decade, um, decade did change. Um, but they have this whole, like, like, They've already solidified as like the um, standard as an organization and like the best coach ever, like great ownership group, even though he's a scumbag. Um, And then like the best quarterback of all time. But like the coaching doesn't go away. Like, I don't understand how Bill Belichick now is all of a sudden, you know, 500. And like the roster sucks. They don't draft well. I think they're a very overrated organization. And if one, like, hey, they had some good teams, don't get me wrong, like some good defenses. I think they won on the back of the best quarterback of all time. And like one of the best athletes of all time. One of the greatest athletes of all time. Probably not the best athlete of all time, yeah. but one of the greatest huge athletes huge of all time. There's
1: distinction between best yes. and greatest. And people need to yes. start calling it out.
0: Yes, I totally agree. So I will say, I think they, ride, they rode Brady's coattails. I mean he went to fucking Tampa and won a championship right away and the Patriots fucking stink now. Um and I just I think one they were so dominant and they have like this reputation but two it's like an undeserving reputation because they just rode that guy's coattails. So fuck the Patriots. We probably just lost half our fan base because half our fan base is guys in flannels in Southie Boston but whatever
1: yeah whatever (laughs) I still fucking hate him I'd be the toughest guy in Boston when the Jets beat the Patriots this year yeah talk that shit my number two probably should have been my number one honestly um SEC football all every SEC football team because their fan base is insufferable what the SEC football has done to make it conference allegiance instead of team allegiance is disgusting it's a communist idea It needs to be exported away to Russia where all the scumbags live and it does not belong in America. I know this because if your SEC team football sucks, they will cheer for Alabama to win the national championship and then take credit because it's the SEC. It's fucking disgusting. If some other team that's not Notre Dame wins the national championship, I'm not fucking thrilled. I'm not sucking that team's dick. But if you're an Arkansas fan last year, or if you're a Kentucky fan five years ago, or if you're a Vanderbilt fan, maybe not Vanderbilt, they might be a little too smart for this rant, but your team blows, you're the bottom of the barrel Ole Miss piece of shit SEC football program and Georgia wins it, and you take credit for that and you start chanting SEC, you're a low life, stupid, toothless, cousin-kissing idiot, and you need to take a lap and reevaluate your life, Get maybe get a new rascal, Scooter for your fat ass, and then um, and then start being loyal to your team instead of your conference. The SEC football is disgusting. Their fan base is a cult.
0: Oh, uh, us with the ACC. Yeah,
1: ACC is totally different. Duke should. Duke got blackballed.
0: Notre Dame got blackballed. <laughs> uh, all right, good answer. I'm um, I'm gonna go with a little bit of a different answer than like I, there's an obvious one. The obvious one is. Duke basketball, but I'm actually going to put a little personal twist on it and say Virginia basketball because, really? yeah, I feel like they've been like insanely hyped up. Oh, what's
1: up, bro? Jamie just got in the background. Jamie, you guys have never talked, have you? That's no, we've Illinois, talked. Before. Syracuse, that's Jamie Aiketa. Oh,
2: what the podcast
1: right now? Yeah, we're literally
2: live. Oh, okay. Sound guy, don't
0: cut this. Yo, what's your least favorite team ever, any sport?
2: Least favorite team ever, any sport? Yeah. Oh,
0: I said Detroit Red
1: Wings and SEC football. Evan said Virginia basketball, New England Patriots. Virginia
2: basketball is a good one. Yeah, it's it's sneaky good one. Yeah, I would almost say like Maryland basketball is up there. Like, even my brother's a Maryland guy. Like, Maryland basketball, sneaky is a weird. Like, I feel like it would suck to play at Maryland if I was like on a basketball team. Play Division one in college. I don't and like that answer. A weirdly hard. I don't. Place I don't like that answer. No, no. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of other random like. Yeah, you don't want to be too mainstream with it. Yeah, that's like. Uh... Let me put my bag down. Yeah, down yeah. <laughs>
1: we'll have Jamie back on. He's putting his bag down. He just got back from the airport. Um, he did have to Uber. I was going to pick him up, but I dedicated myself to this podcast, so I'm having. I have to buy him a burger and a beer after this. Oh, that's going to be good. I'm fucking hungry. Um, So you just said Virginia basketball. A little more reasoning, please.
0: Yeah, so I feel like they they don't have, like, the rich history of, like, Duke and UNC, but they kind of, like, act like they do, and they, like, act like they're this number one powerhouse. Like, yes, they've recently won a national championship, but they've also had teams that, like, they lost to UMBC in the first round the year before that. Like, they've had some really disappointing teams, and I feel like they're, for me, like, from a personal level, They're like passing Syracuse as like a more of a like storied program in basketball, which like really fucking pisses me off. But more than anything, I think it's like kind of acting like they're a blue blood and they're not a blue blood like at all. Like I think they're pretty shitty at basketball. Like they'll be good like every four years. So I'm going Virginia basketball. You guys think your shit don't stink and it certainly stinks. Um, And yeah.
1: I like it. it. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that in the background or whatever um so my <laughs> my third team um and I do have an honorable mention that relates to this but my third team is um kind of one and the same but I'll just say like FC Barcelona where somebody has like a favorite, european soccer team and makes it their identity we also should have made the point where is it least favorite sports team or least favorite fan bases because i feel like all the sports team that, well, I that goes to, that goes but into they it go right? yeah, yeah they go back and forth so i'm going to say barcelona but pretty much anybody that makes like a big stink about european football and it's like oh my god it's so much better than the mls and i'm such a cool worldly traveler so that's my answer jamie all right
2: i thought about it over to you real quick uh as a Philly guy, this is really important. Uh, the fucking Blackhawks. I it's, hate the they, Blackhawks. What I can't say the most about them is fucking Chelsea Dagger. Just that song itself yep. is the worst. And I still remember that fucking Stanley Cup final where Maha Boucher stuck there, no one moves. Yeah. Uh, just breaking my heart. Yep. Blackhawks. And so I
1: hated them because the, they would always do training camp at Notre Dame. Oh. So the Blackhawks team would be there, A, good luck getting, still you know, picking talent. up a girl yeah, talent, anywhere sure. that, that weekend. Yeah. And then B, because they did that, then everybody from Chicago became the biggest Blackhawks fan during their run. And it was like, you know, Jonathan Taos is my favorite player. It's like, that's not how you fucking say it. That was the only time that I enjoyed gatekeeping. Yeah.
2: That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. That's a good answer. I see good, answer I
1: think. good answer. Good answer. See you, Jamie. <laughs> he said, see ya. He says bye and he loves you. Wow, uh, what
0: a that was, guy! That was magical. All right, did you did you say your last one?
1: Yeah, I said uh, Barcelona.
0: Oh right, 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 right. Oh yeah, brutal. Um, all right, my last one are no. I actually do have new a, a uh, I do have an honorable
1: mention, and that's like someone who makes like Max Verstappen or like an F one driver. That's like the new sexy thing, and it's always forced into conversation. And I don't fucking know anything about f1 and then i feel stupid yeah if you like f1 you make me feel stupid and
0: sophisticated (laughs) um i'm going with the new york islanders um another team that acts like they've had like a ton of success obviously huge rival of my rangers who i'm a big fan of they play the most boring style of hockey i appreciate that they're pretty good but they play the most boring style of hockey they act like they're new york's team like you're never gonna even if you're the years that you were better than the Rangers going to the Eastern conference finals, you you were never New York's team. Like no one really gave a fuck everyone bandwagon do they're going to bandwagon right off. And I'm here for it last year. Them sucking was fantastic. I think they will be pretty good this year, but they're a fucking shithole organization. They didn't get one free agent. No player wants to play there. They didn't get one free agent this year. They fired the best coach in hockey for absolutely no reason. They're just like an incompetent organization and they're kind of the Rangers little brother that that always acts like they're, uh, you know, better than they are. So that's one that's close to home. But I think everyone can appreciate like how boring of a team they are to watch. They're also bad for hockey. If you're a hockey fan, objectively speaking, if you are someone who wants hockey to grow, they're terrible for it because they play in primetime games. They're like good. They'll be in the Eastern Conference Finals playing Tampa and they'll just like suffocate the puck and dump and chase and suck for fucking 60 minutes and then somehow win like a one nothing game or two one game. And it's so boring. And you want people to watch like fucking the avalanche and the Edmonton Oilers play not fucking Joe Schmo Hardo put in the corner and like hold the puck in the offensive zone for a while. The
1: Islanders are like the Broncos, but good, but boring, but good.
0: Yeah. The Islanders are like, the Islanders are like, um, Maryland lacrosse before the shot clock, when they would just hold the fucking ball for sixty hours. And yeah, then, them
1: and then, DU. Yeah,
0: yeah. So cocksuckers, Maryland, dude. Think about how, that's like a fucking slap in the face to Maryland <laughs> to compare to the Islanders, but or vice versa. But um, yeah, that's my third. Can't stand them All right. No, I ahead. would get those one in the last round, so that's why we got to make them. a graphic for these yeah we do sound guy all sound guy does is write stupid shit in the fucking doc
1: and edit every podcast we do
0: oh yeah true um
1: yeah, what is sound guy's role again oh yeah he's the sound guy
0: <laughs> dude i just remembered that lyle thompson's rumor did not play the pll next year yeah
1: yeah Lyle Thompson rumored to be joining the WLA to go chase a man cup. Um, coming right off of the heels of that talk that where Paul Rabel said that they merged with the MLL just so that they could get Lyle Thompson. Uh, that's going to be an interesting PR presser. Holy fuck.
0: That would be awesome. Dude, the cannons have to be like made whole again. If that happens, that's just fucked up. They might as well like they they might have to redraft if that happens.
1: Sometimes they, you just gotta
0: take your loss. Was there a con, was there a condition in that that like Lyle had to be on the team for a little? Yeah, probably well, not. I can't probably even not. think. I can't even think about that. <laughs> I like the worst GMing in sports history happened in LaGrasse with nine teams in the league. It's like well, it almost uh, impossible we'll to see fuck, how
1: that plays out to
0: fuck it up. Yeah, I feel like Rabel will change the rule now where you can play and like. It doesn't matter. Lyle, Lyle gets to do what he wants. He's, he, LeBron's the league.
1: The Lyle Thompson exemption.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. We have our Russell Wilson cringe of the week coming up. So this is like a little spin-off Cloud Police, but more just like cringy shit that we've seen around. Um, what'd you have?
1: Yeah, my Russell Wilson cringe of the week is Russell Wilson running out of an empty tunnel, pretending like he's dapping people up um it's an extension of his original his og cringe of the moment uh which was him practicing the two-minute drill when he was out to nobody no receivers no ball no nothing like that so my russell wilson cringe of the week is russell wilson what do you got
0: mine is the adam levine drama so adam levine have you heard about this Uh uh oh dude so he has like uh Beautiful Victoria's Secret model wife that they. That so they, is is he Maroon he, Five? Yeah, he's the lead singer Maroon Five, but he's like super famous solo now too. Like he's yeah, mega famous dude. Because it's um,
1: getting harder and harder to breathe. Yeah, yeah great song. Yeah. Um,
0: That's his last song that he put out too. Uh, but anyway, he's married this woman. She's like has two kids. She's pregnant with a third, and he's like been having an affair with this girl, and the girl comes out and like starts like telling the story and like kind of exposing him to cheating on his wife. And then she pulls up this DM from him. And it's like, it's after like she broke it off. It was four months later or something like crazy amount of time after like, they stopped talking DMs are out of nowhere. And it's like, Hey, the girl's name, the girl he's cheating on with is named Sumner. And he's like, Hey, I'm having a third, a third kid. And I kind of want to name him Sumner. Would that be totally weird? Dead serious. <laughs> and she didn't respond for like three minutes. And then he sent the I don't know emoji. What? So like, not only is he a fucking scumbag, like cheating on the mother of his children and also pregnant wife, but also he's an absolute like weirdo sociopath. I don't even know. Uh, DMing this chick asking for her permission, permission to name his kid with his wife after his mistress. So that is my Russell Wilson cringe of the week.
1: Oh, time to be real. Time to be real. Oh, shit. Dude,
0: I love when we're real on the podcast. Yeah. Also, yeah, there's a couple that I, oh, damn it. Dude, are you sure it's time to be real? Or if you've just not been real this whole time?
1: No, I missed yesterday's.
0: Dude, I'm not getting notifications. notification. Maybe it's different in wherever the fuck you are and where I am.
1: I need to get more friends on my feet. Oh, so shit.
0: Can... I'm the first one to be real out of all my friends.
1: Dude, I look like an idiot every single time I take one because I take it too early. And then it's just like me kind of like awkwardly looking down like a dad does taking a selfie.
0: Um wait, mine just said I'm 28 hours late. Scumbag. Or do you scumbag, think how bloody. can you be 28 hours late on a B reel? real?
1: Yeah, because that's every 24 hours is what I thought it was.
0: Yeah, so I think it's broken.
1: Ah, whatever. All right. Well, yeah, your uh your cringe of the week is certainly Russell
0: Wilson-esque, love it. All right, I guess we kind of talked on this earlier about the post-game parlay obviously did not hit. This week, it would have paid out a, if you put $100 on it, it would have paid out a whopping 3,700, actually 3,700 change, but I can't remember exactly what it was. And the Titans blew it. So we will be running back the post-game parlay. That is Syracuse football, Notre Dame football, Jets football, Titans football, Broncos, football, money line.
1: Yeah, the paid. five banger. All of our beloved teams, my beloved Broncos and my beloved Titans.
0: Dude, I love, Uh, did, do you know the guy on TikTok, book it with Trent or whatever?
1: Maybe, I don't
0: know. He like, I'll send you some of his. He basically got famous, like sucking so much and betting and posting him People are like, dude, how are you this bad? Like, it's actually insane. And he's so fucking funny. I'm trying to remember what he fucking calls his like uh, he's got like his locks but he calls it something funny like the something like the sinister sticks but it's I gotta pull it up. Book it with Trent.
1: Tough to have good gambling bets these days. So many of them are played out.
0: Oh he's so good. Surgical six he calls it. <laughs> and he just like posts this and he goes like he went over six in the surgical six and he's like I can't believe it. It just like shows all of them. It's so fucking funny, dude. But yeah, he's hilarious. Like, he'll post his pics and he'll do like a little skit of him arguing with his wife. And she's like, We can't buy groceries this week. She's like, How are we going to afford food? And he just starts going nodding his head. And then, like, all of a sudden he has like a Seahawks jersey. He's like, Seahawks minus seven. <laughs> it's good shit. Follow I Charlie. wish
1: I was funny. I wish I was funny and good at TikTok, but I'm not.
0: Yeah. All right. I think that's everything we had, bro.
1: Cool. Well, then let's kick it over to our new sponsor. But up and up and up up. Uh, ring 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 ring. Real frequency. We have Evan Moore and Chad Clay, the two guys who are running that fantastic organization. Go and check them out. That's Real Frequency, and we will kick it over to them. And for our uh, first interview with the sponsors that we were talking about at the top of the show, ladies and gentlemen, welcome the brand new marquee presenting sponsors of the post game real frequency today we're going to be interviewing the two guys that run it Evan Moore and Chad Clay I personally know Chad Clay I've spoken with Evan a number of times super excited to hear more about their company. Um, and right off the bat, just calling it right now, it's going to be a shit show because we have two Evan M's, Evan Malloy and Evan Moore. So just expect for that to, uh, throw some wrenches in the, uh, in the machine here, but listen, guys, thanks for joining. We really appreciate it. We're fired up about this, uh, about this partnership.
3: Yeah.
4: Thanks for having us. Happy uh, to be here. I want a nickname. Can we do that? So we know who we're talking to here.
1: It's always brutal
4: when you're you asked to
1: make up your own nicknames we're going to put you on the spot what, what do you want your nickname to be
4: <laughs> whatever you want whatever you guys want
1: We'll we'll figure, we'll, it, out we'll figure you know, it out i don't have anything off the top of my head um but uh, again we talked a little bit about it at the top of the show but in your own words we'll, we'll just start with the very basics it's a consulting company that's focused on three main areas which is mental performance for youth and collegiate ath- uh, athletes the pursuit of the right college for high school students and the professional transition for college students and professionals. And honestly, I'll just kind of give you guys the floor. How did you? Uh, how did you start this? How did you come up with this? Um, you know, curious how you arrived at Real Frequency.
4: No, I, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, I worked collegiately for over a decade, and uh, I, I was an administrator. I was a professor. I built relationships within. Uh, the college realm. And then of course, with my students, one of the things that that really uh, irked me is that I would see students come in the door, take my class, um, that they would be flying high, and all of a sudden, they would just disappear. After a while, it, it, it really started to, uh, to concern me in the fact that like, where did they go? And what are they doing? And I wasn't asking the right questions. It was more or less, what did they do to prepare to get here? And what I found was a lot of the students, when I started asking, they didn't know how they got there, what they were doing there, and then where they were going and became really apparent that we needed to start far earlier in the process and work holistically with them, uh, really focused. Right. And and we'll get into what we do and how we do it, but, but most importantly, why we do it. Uh, But it was, uh, it it was a calling (laughs) and I, uh, I answered it. I left a very good paying uh, supported job to start my own company five years ago. And here we are.
1: Yeah, I'm going through the uh, left something to start my own job now. And it's fucking tough. So more power to you wish you the best. And, uh, and if you could just describe your roles real quick, just so that we have a little bit of uh, a little bit of context, Evan and Chad, what do you guys do?
4: Chad, Chad's the heartbeat of this thing. So you start. Yeah. I'm the
3: operations guy. I just kind of keep things humming along. Evan thinks up shit and uh, most of his ideas are pretty good. Some of them are terrible and uh, the ones that are good, unfortunately take execution and hard work. And so we have to jam through a bunch of stuff that he thinks of. And um, that's kind of what, that's kind of how we operate together. He, he's the passionate thinker and i'm the one that's like yeah are we actually going to pull that off so yeah we work pretty well together in that regard oh definitely you know the visionary what was evan's
0: worst idea
3: Uh, uh, oh it's like he he thinks of these things that are like um hey we should we should introduce this brand new thing we're thinking of to the entire company right now and uh (laughs) we're like knee deep in some major thing and And I'm like, don't tell anyone anything about this right now. It will completely derail where everyone's brain is. Like we're right now in college application shit mode. Everyone's got due dates coming up. This is like the worst time. Like this is if you sold like Christmas trees and it's December 20th. And he's like, hey, let's tell him about this new thing we're doing. I'm like, do not say a word. (laughs) So that's 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 a good like, he, he, he thinks of it, and I'm like, mm, yes, not right now.
4: Uh, and that, that's what was, and I respect him, right? What did I do? I shut up. I didn't. Say did. a, I did. didn't say a word, yeah. and yeah. and that's important. He knows when to pull my reins and and put the brakes on, and I I need that, right? Yeah. Uh, it is it is a tough world we work in. We're very very good at it, and um, we want to stay that way (laughs) he's making sure we're on the on the right path yeah
1: and then how did you two meet i guess i'm curious because for those that don't know i met chad clay because he's a former notre dame lacrosse player which we will touch we will get into all of that and before i completely derail it with corrigan stories and you know college parties (laughs) and shit like that i would like to give you a chance to be professional about your background before i talk about how well we know each other
3: yeah we knew each other for a while just our kids went to the same school so we lived in the same neighborhood and then and uh my mentor at the time uh still my mentor jeff ponder he's on, he's on the real frequency team now but he was like hey you got to do strengths and purpose and i will coach you through this which is a great kind of reset professionally in a time like transition so i just go to my job start over so he put me through, uh, his program. He also does, uh, uh, same type of coaching with the honor foundation, which is, uh, if you don't know what the honor foundation is, it's an organization for special forces guys getting out of the military and how to kind of find who they are as they go out on a professional journey. So I went through that. Um, and then I became a coach for strengths and purpose for the honor foundation. And then as I started talking to Evan about his business and we started working together kind of informally, I was like, hey, this strengths and purpose stuff will work for high school
4: students as well.
3: So we really, we brought that into the the company and that's kind of just how it unfolded.
4: Started off light, right? He was kind of consulting and he reached out to me about connecting with sports clubs too. And thought, hey, this would be a great, uh, a great way to connect with a mass amount of students, you know, with, with, um, you know, one point of entry. And, uh, the more I talked to him, the more experience he had and more, I'm like, holy shit, this guy knows far more about the interworkings workings of business than I do. And that's not my strong suit, strong suits connecting. It's, it's, it's promoting. It's really screaming at the top of the mountains about what we do. And, how, how very good at, we are at it. And and unfortunately, again, it's like, how do we execute? Like, dude, join the team, man.
1: People- well, that's, uh, that's great. And Chad, can you just share a little bit more about uh, just about your work with the Honor Foundation? Cause I remember that was one of the first things that you were telling me about where I was like, holy shit. Like everybody talks about doing something but I feel like the honor foundation is kind of one of the foundations. That's actually doing something about it. So I want you to shed a little bit more light on that. Yeah.
3: It was started by a guy named Joe Musselman, uh, the, their stories on their website. They've got a, a good site, but, um, the, the short story is he was, uh, he was at buds or in San Diego and, uh, he, he was injured and was being processed out of the Navy. And while he was being processed out of the Navy, he was working in like the gear locker there in in San Diego. This master chief seal retires on like a Friday. I'm sure they all went out in Coronado at McPete's or whatever, and and threw down. And then that next Monday, that same master chief comes into the honor or into the buds there and, and, uh, starts talking to Joe about the fact that he doesn't know what he's going to do next and almost starts crying because he he just doesn't know what to do with his life. So Joe Musselman helps this one guy through like writing a resume, doing all the things needed to move on to the next phase of his life. And, And he's so passionate about the experience that he starts the Honor Foundation. And so it supports Army, Navy, Marine Corps, Air Force, Special Forces guys, uh, intel people that support them, uh, as well. And, in their transition out of the military into the private sector. And it starts with, and this is where my mentor comes in, Jeff Pottinger. He got involved very early and worked on the curriculum. It's all about learning who you are. What are your strengths? Uh, Gallup strengths is a, a key component of it. What is your purpose? How do you talk about yourself based on those two things? And then from there, how do you move on to your professional journey?
0: Would you say you like, instill that into the things that you guys do. And that's like kind of what you're founded on, or you have your own little twist to it. It seems like there's a lot of the same values, but curious how much that, you know, sort of fuels uh, what you're doing at real frequency. Yeah.
3: I, my work with the honor foundation is like a project within real frequency. We bring the same program to high school students uh we bring the same program to college students who are in their junior or senior year and kind of trying to figure out what they want to do next and then we'll do it with older people who are maybe down the path in their professional journey and looking for something new and we'll just sort of help them reset refocus and then and then go out from there i mean really the professional professional success happens when you find alignment with the organization that you're working with both regarding strengths and purpose um if you can align your strengths to your job your purpose to the organizational mission and vision engagement goes up and if engagement goes up you're probably happier at work and that's really what we're trying to do is help people be happier with the organization they end up with be it a college or a job
4: yeah it's applicable all across the board and Initially, we started by him administering strengths to me. And then I was like, well, this is awesome. So we're going to administer it <laughs> to the employees that we had before he was even with us. Yeah, And then like, oh, my gosh, it, it, if I had had this in high school, uh, I think the answers or the ability for me to define my strengths and then see what institution or college or pathway after high school would have best suited those strengths um, probably would have save me from a world of hurt and pain. Yeah. And that's when we're like, oh, dude, you got to
3: Nick, do you, do you remember this. your top 5 strengths in the in the Gallup uh Lexicon? Do you, do you remember what yours
5: are?
1: So I remember I remember how I use them in the sentence. So for everybody listening, I went through this process with Chad to kind of I was like, okay, yeah, like I know my strengths. Um it's squatting and it's making dick <laughs> jokes at the bar. I already know my own strengths. Chad, thanks. <laughs> But when you go through this process, it actually um, it it results in this statement that I've actually been, you know, have used and have been using for a little bit um, where it tells you your strengths. One is like, you know, making sure that everybody feels included. I always hated when there was like a circle of people and one guy was clearly left out. I'm like, oh, fuck, that sucks for that guy. Um, using humor as a way to cope with everything, whether you call it coping or whether you call it a strength, you know, it remains to be seen, um, pretty much everything you would exactly expect, but you can't show up to a job interview and go, I'm really good at busting balls and shooting the shit. Yeah. And they'll go, that's great. Get the fuck out of my office. Um, yeah,
3: no, yours, so yours were communication Includers that one where you see someone left out and you're like, ah, oh, shit, come on. Like. Come, come into the group. That's your Italian heritage on that one. And then activators where you can get started on something. You're not going to really be the best at seeing it through, but you're going to get people <laughs> fired up to get going. And then, uh, I think you had adaptability as well, which was like, that's just the ability to pivot quickly when shit goes wrong. So
1: I would say that that's probably not surprising.
3: Yeah. yeah
0: I gotta say. I have known Nick for, you know, two years now. And I feel like that, uh, you hit all the
3: strong points <laughs> yeah. and squatting, the squatting came through yeah. it. Yeah. So Evan, we got, well, I'll, I don't know if you've ever taken Gallup Strengths. So I'll we'll have to send it to you and see what the results are. And, um, but yeah, it was fun working with Nick doing it. Cause mo- when I do honor foundation stuff, I don't know the guy or the gal I'm talking to. Yeah. So I, I have nothing, oh, I, wow. I don't know him at all. Um, yeah. When I, when I did it with Nick, I'd known him for a while. So it was kind of like, oh yeah, this is, this one's, this is what this means. And this is how it's like kind of spot on for you.
1: And before we talk about our relationship and everything like that, I am so curious. So you work with former special forces, like they're just making this transition. What is, I mean, you can answer this funny or seriously, but like, what is the variance between i'm special forces my strengths are tactical and operational achievement very you know this and that versus like you know i'm a high schooler and my strengths are navigating browsers to find the optimal <laughs> form video. uh you know
3: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so. a, yeah it's not skills it's like what you're <laughs> sort of wired for so yeah and, and that's the problem i mean in all seriousness the problem with the special forces guys is Sneaking up and slitting someone's throat and them not knowing you're there is a skill that is a really cool one, but it doesn't really translate to like selling pants. So they need to learn to talk to the about themselves in a way that's not military specific. And what the Gallup Strengths does is it gets to kind of just how they're wired. And that, and what I find there there's there's some ones that come through a lot with the special forces guys. There's one um, that that's all about building deep bonds with people so that you can form these small teams that are like built on hyper trust and so are super efficient. And it's, you know, when I tell people what that strength really means and, and it's guys are like, oh yeah, when I get dropped in the middle of Northern Africa, because we're going to rescue some hostages i gotta know that the three guys i'm with like know what they're doing and so it's like oh okay that's what that strength that's where that got honed so
4: the other one that surprises me that comes a lot up with these guys is harmony
3: yeah there's a strength they're all about it's kind of sounds like you don't like conflict but what it's really about is you don't like two people bickering when there's shit to do like if so if we're getting started and you two guys at the post game are like sitting there bitching to each other about something and we're trying to get this podcast started. I'm going to sit here. I actually have harmony in my top five. I'm going to sit here and be like, what the fuck are these guys doing? Like stop barking at each other and let's get the job done. And it's really about building teams that work well together. I think of harmony. The problem is all the special forces guys, when they get that strength, they're like, what the fuck is harmony? Like, what? Why, is, <laughs> why do I have this strategy? It sounds you. like,
4: uh, yeah, yeah, yeah rainbows.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, but re- what that one's really about is building teams that function well together and you minimize conflict within the team in order to get
1: things done. So if you had to choose who's more fun, would you take a special forces guy who can, you know kind of act like an adult or maybe one of these high school kids who kind of just might struggle to get an answer out of?
3: That's a great question. yeah, I think, uh, yeah no the, they're they're in they're into it. like the conversations are good when I talk to them. the high school kids the 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 females are strong, like they they will lean in and like engage. I'd say every other high school guy will kind of just be like yeah like they're just cautious. They're just mm-hmm. cautious. So like hang like if I were to have to make a social decision based on coaching on strengths and purpose based on just that conversation, I'd I'd probably pick this is gonna sound bad, a high school
5: girls <laughs> 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 not to hang out with.
3: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this the, the, the special forces guys, you, you would actually think they would be like, um, really skeptical, yeah. but they're not, they they're, they're pretty into it. And the best part about it is at the end when they're like, oh my God, this was awesome. Thank you so much. Like, that's when I'm just like, this is, this is a great job. Yeah.
4: There are many instances where we have students that go through it and, and it takes a while. a while to kind of settle in and they sleep on it kind of resonate and they start recognizing things in their life that are associated with their strengths and why they gravitate towards a sport or a person right or a particular career field for for that matter and then uh then they come back and they're like let's revisit that strengths thing one more time because that that actually is is, is legit And that's when we're like, okay, I know young boys, 16, 17 years old. Like, I mean, you've heard all the frontal lobe bullshit out there. It it is 100% true, but it doesn't mean they're not capable of understanding and grasping the concept and then leveraging it. And that's where our follow-up after actually the strengths, um, is done is where like we revisit and hit it and hit it. So it's not just a one and done assessment. Oh, your positivity, your woo, your ideology, your um, restorative. Okay, great. Now, how am I going to use that in real life? Now, we we implement that within just about every process moving forward in the college search, career search, uh, applications, uh, essays, like it, it's, it's prominent everywhere, so it's really the best and closest, most direct route to some being someone being honest and vulnerable. Which is essentially what colleges really want to see. It's what coaches want to see. They don't want to see someone, you know, with a chip on their shoulder, I'm sure. And I didn't play, you know, college sports, but spoke to many of coaches. I'm like, who would you rather take? Someone that is like in touch with their identity and understands and can define their strengths for you, or someone that can score a you know, a goal from 50 yards away. He's like, oh my God, no, someone that's freaking coachable. For sure.
0: <laughs> Depends who you're asking. Yeah, I was going to say 50 yards. 50 yards. That's a right. long way. I
4: don't know. I, how long is the lacrosse field? Sorry, I'm odd man out here. But... Uh,
0: here <laughs> I had to make that comment. Thank you. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I actually think I did do this with my company. Now that I think about it, because Woo is definitely one. of I have a little nameplate with my name and my five strengths. And Woo and Activator are definitely on there, but I can't remember the others, unfortunately. Oh,
4: yeah. Me and okay. you, bro, we're Woo's.
3: All three. Wooz, my number All one. Three of yeah. you have woo. Oh, I'm, the, I'm the only non-woo guy in the on this call. Yeah. Yeah, so.
1: Chad, can you step away for the remaining? Uh, <laughs>
3: yeah, I'll let the this adults. i
1: kind of a- a- not really. A- yeah. a- I found my people. Yeah, I'm out.
0: <laughs> so I have like a very basic question. Like, how does someone go about like finding you guys, um, or like starting to work with you guys? Uh, if I'm like a high school kid or in college, and you know, I picked the wrong college for whatever reason. Like, how do I go about? getting in touch and yeah. um, like you gotta sound from w- God
1: and switch from USC to Notre Dame, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And
0: I went to Notre Dame for all the wrong reasons and I want to transfer. <laughs> How do I find
4: you guys? <laughs> well it could be as easily as a as a Google search for sure. But you know the 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 underpinning of our business and, and what's really helped it grow is referrals. Right. Like that has kept us very busy. Um but essentially one on one stuff is, is awesome but we want to try to affect and help as many as possible so we have partnerships like this one thank you i'm, I'm super stoked on it because i respect you guys and love what you do not only that you know let's not take everything so seriously like come on um uh, that that's important um but yeah just getting the name out speaking the language uh our clients our pri- our, our former clients are our biggest mouthpiece man People ask them, they're at school and they say, well, how'd you get here what'd you do? And they were a part of that conversation. Everyone's like, oh, wow, I had an IC at one time or I had a college consultant one time or my friend did. That sounds so much different than than what you're offering. And, uh, and they say, yeah, it was a completely different experience because it, it is truly holistic. It is from top, bottom, bottom to top. And we don't do it like everybody else does. In fact, no one does it like us. Yeah, that's the secret sauce.
3: Well, the yeah, and then I mean, Evan, if you in a practical sense, if you did talk to someone, just if you go to our website, you can book a a meeting. Everyone who books talks to Evan first. He takes all of our calls until you know we're getting to the point where yeah, until we can't do that anymore because there's his whole day is literally talking to people who want to talk to us about our program so but i love for it. now though for now for no it's great It's <laughs> it, been, all, yeah.
4: it sucks operationally because that's what i do and and i'm not there for other things or um I but the fact of the matter is is like those are my strengths that's how i'm leveraged and that's that's what makes it successful just like anybody on a player in the on the field or you guys with your strengths and knowing like this is my lane i need to stay in it and again like we talked about chad's great at keeping me in mind yeah stay.
1: first off stay in your lane evan
0: boy know you're <laughs> as goals. you say all right don't let long pull shoot and
4: <laughs> yeah. from 50
1: yards So,
0: <laughs> almost anywhere. Like going,
1: yeah anecdotally speaking um like i revisit cringing while i do it i'm like okay so why did i choose the college that i was going to as i was like i originally committed to maryland and then my parents borderline made me decommit because they were like they'd go to a better academic school but the reason I chose Notre Dame is because I went on a sick official visit. Sorry, I think statute limitations has um has gone past. Sick parties, you know, we we drank, everything was super cool. So I was like, that place is sick because I can be sick at sports and the parties are cool. Super stupid. How do you approach someone like me who has kind of the wrong priorities? Or do you even just say like, hey, we're not talking about priorities. We're talking about best fits. What would you have done to dipshit 17-year-old Nick O'Solo?
4: Well, first of all, Nick, I I would want to honor your priorities. Uh, We're not here to tell you that sick parties shouldn't be at the top of your list because ultimately, let's be realistic. The social aspect of college is a priority for everybody. And that's a big fear and anxiety point for so many clients and students that are like, am I going to fit in? Am I going to find my people and then like, will they accept me? And then how many sick parties going I go to? Right. Um, so, so we, we honor that we've actually put that within our metric, not, uh, you know, turning a blind eye to the academics, the financial piece, obviously that's going to be real important to the two people that are supporting you, right. Uh, through this or parents or a parent. Uh, and then of course there's the experience. What else does the college have to offer you, Nick? Like you're going to be in class, like 20% of the time you got 80% of the time. You're going to be not in class. That, that's a lot of time for like dicking off and partying and, you know, talking to girls, but like, you also have to sleep and you also have to like engage. And so what are you doing outside of that? Are you in sports? Okay. If you're, you're one of the few, you, you guys, I mean, seriously, not everybody gets to play collegiate sports at that level, let alone. Two. Right. I
1: haven't only played one, but I played two. So. That's oh, right. shit. That's, That's right. Oh, sorry. Yeah, but I could have played two based
0: on how good the team is this year. So <laughs> No, Marshall's just
1: underrated. Great.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right. We just walked into the slamming Notre Dame. Football. Yeah, there you
4: go. Because, yeah, the football team's not too shabby. But, uh, yeah, like, who are your people? Let's find out who those are. And you could ask a student, a young person, 17, 18 years old. And they can tell you what they do. Um, and how they do it and who they're around but like why you ask them why and they like every single one stutter they have no idea they can't verbalize it and that's that's the trick it's like these are your people you're defining it with your strengths with the cafe is what we call it college academics finance and then you know of course uh, experience once we have it like oh sweet now my decisions young nick are going to be far more focused maybe college park was the place for you, dude. I don't know. You know, did, would it have offered? I know they have sick parties there. I partied there.
1: Yeah. 21 cup and no girls at up. all. Yeah.
4: No, yeah. <laughs> dude, like uh, the bars and, uh, you know, the inner Harbor, like you got it, you got it all. Right. So was that really a priority for you? And was your experience at Notre Dame that much less of what it could have been? I mean, the only way to do it is to go through the assessment and evaluate everything that those two schools have to offer as polarizing as I like
1: ones. that because I feel like so many, like, and I deal with parents that ask me like recruiting stuff mm-hmm. and I, I just, I keep it lacrosse focused and it's nice to kind of at least partner with you guys. Cause now I have a place to almost, I don't even want to say pawn them off, but a hundred percent pawn them off because <laughs> They're like, where should my kid you steer know?
2: them
0: in the right direction, not pawn yeah. them
2: off?
3: No, yeah, you're right. Like, that's how that's... Them off
0: to we'll, someone we'll clean them that up please. for the ad reads, yeah. don't worry. No, that
3: <laughs> that's that's exactly how I got involved with real frequency. I was, uh, yeah, I was see coaching. Evan? I was coaching lacrosse Ooh. here in, in the lacrosse mecca of Spokane, Washington, which is how we met, uh Nick. But uh I would have players come up to me after practice and start asking me questions about where they should go to college. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter. Take lacrosse out of it. Some of them had, you know, ideas of playing lacrosse in college, but a lot of them didn't. And they would be like, should I apply to Western Washington coach? And I'd be like, how the fuck would I know? Like, (laughs) what did you get on the SAT? And they would tell me, I'd be like, that sounds solid. Uh, (laughs) what do you want to major like I would do these very basic um questions back to them that were sort of based on common sense from my process that I went through 30 some odd years ago and and I was like "I, I don't know how to help this kid with their college discussion so when I found out what Evan was doing I was like you need to partner with sports clubs because if any coach that's earned the respect of their players your player might ask him, "Hey, coach, what, what do you think about me going here versus here?" Mm. And that coach, as much as they might love that kid and know how good he is at, you know, his inside role, uh, doesn't know where that kid should go to college. And then you you pawn them off, as as you're saying, on someone, an organization that actually knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, that's why I met Evan. I was like, you got to partner with sports clubs because these coaches don't know how to have these conversations, it's, right. nor should they.
4: Right. And I know Jack about lacrosse. I've watched it. My son played under coach Chad here, respects the hell out of him. I, I because of that, I've respected Chad as a person and as a coach and understand like he knows what he's doing it is personally, but l- let us handle the questions he feels uncomfortable or unprepared to to answer and then shit, i i'm gonna let him handle handle the questions that come to me that i have no idea what i'm talking about with 50 yard shots and in lacrosse the, in the right 50 yard shots happen all the time oh copy got it all right
0: i scored an 80 yard goal in college actually yeah
4: <laughs> okay <laughs> against notre dame's
3: 10-man ride Nah. Uh,
0: colgate oh okay still counts though they're pro- Colgate lacrosse is better than Notre Dame football so you got about
1: three more of those before <laughs> I do literally nothing about it talk. but that is how Chad and I met because when we were in the uh the clinic sports days the predecessor to second slide we were going all around Spokane Washington near and dear to my heart because anybody that follows me knows that my dad went to Gonzaga and The one time that I saw Chad, I think legitimately mad at me was when I told him I was at the local dive Jack and Dan's uh, by myself. And he was like, you don't get a beer in this fucking town without me. Like, what are you doing by yourself? And I'm like, that's, that's like aggressive hospitality. And and I loved it. Well, you were at Jack
3: and Dan's without me and that just pissed me off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, honestly, if, you don't mind, Chad, I want to dive into a little bit of the Notre Dame stories uh, because this is applicable, yes, to Notre Dame. Evan's going to talk shit, either one of them. Go ahead. But more on a, uh, what year were you a freshman and what year did Coach Corrigan start coaching you?
3: 91.
1: So two years before I was born, you were <laughs> playing under Coach Corrigan, Yeah. who obviously coached me 10 years ago dude he's, shit, been, he's been, he's been there Dame forever
3: he he i mean that guy built a program you, you you gotta hand it to him for that he took that program from i don't even know what broom clause that they gave and when he started out but i guarantee it wasn't what it is now and and in those days i mean i can tell you stories about some of the facilities we had at the time so and then yeah will corrigan was born my i think it was my freshman year when
0: that's insane yeah. like because you
3: were telling nick when i first met you you were telling me about your relationship with will and you're like have you ever met will corrigan i'm like yeah but he wouldn't remember me <laughs> yeah, he, <laughs> he, was, he one.
1: was an infant at the practice <laughs> yeah. field
3: yeah so Holy um yeah yeah but those teams i mean it was probably five years later they beat duke in the in the first round of the NCAAs and so to go from I guess when was Eamon when was when was Eamon there like late 80s the guy that the guy that's on ESPN um, yeah, Eamon yeah so we interviewed him he,
1: yeah he's a friend he's a friend of the pod well, yeah Sneaky getting blackballed right
0: now We he actually was a on. fantastic interview yeah he's
3: a he's a funny guy but he graduated the year before I got there so even he was there four years before I was there so, but yeah, yeah, he had, some, here, he had here's, some ridiculous stories. Here's about a sto- where the no, runs. yeah. Here's a story about Notre Dame lacrosse back then. So, we, our, our, our locker room was in the Joyce and we shared it with the baseball team. Uh, Craig Council, who's the manager of the, of the, uh, Milwaukee Brewers, he was on that team. Uh, so we, we shared a locker room with those baseball guys. I'm still really good friends with a lot of those baseball players um we would walk across the street to the to the um loftus for indoor practices on these like sweet winter times of like 8 a.m practice on a saturday and the guy that ran loftus had been the wrestling coach at notre dame corrigan's dad had been the ad at notre dame and he i think he'd gotten rid of the wrestling program so this guy's the former coach of the wrestling program that Corrigan's dad asked that he, we would be standing outside at like 7:59 in our like shorts and pads and, and gear. And it's like minus 30 out or we're like banging on the door. and he would like roll in this chair out of his office and look at us and point to his watch and be like, Nope, not
5: yet. <laughs> <laughs> we
3: just stand there and be like, and then at eight o'clock, he'd come walking down, he'd unlock it and let us in. But it was like, yeah, sweet sweet facilities. So.
1: yeah, your coach's dad fired me. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah, I'm not You're letting you sit out there and freeze and get permanent What church. is he? What was he still doing there?
3: I don't know. Like it's like that. I got to say, <laughs> and this could all be like completely made up, but this is what like like upper class would be like he was the wrestling coach, he hates us. So he's not letting us in until it's eight o'clock. So uh yeah but the, i mean and then i i played one year i had uh herniated discs uh herniated grade point average i was i was <laughs> rotc uh navy rotc and i uh I, I ended up something i had to give so I, I only played one year but great guys were on that team randy collie chris underdonk randy collie i called him he coaches a team in in colorado and it, nick yeah um, he's he's a
1: colorado academy guy he's a good dude
3: yeah great guy awesome lacrosse player um i called him when i inherited the lacrosse club here in spokane because i didn't know what the hell i was doing i was like i need help and he put me in touch with the adrenaline guys and then um dan Meehan was the one that told me about you and what you had going on with clinic and it was like traveling traveling coaches for the for the have-nots of of club lacrosse and i was like that's the guy i need so <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then the, yeah no it's uh it, it's honestly been awesome because we've had a couple spokane rips together and then you were in maryland for a little bit and we're blasting shotgun shells at 6 a.m in the morning pissing off the entire neighborhood out in the backwoods so Yep. I didn't know that Maryland had like these big wooded areas. I think Maryland, and I've only really been Annapolis and Baltimore, and like, oh, there's some trees over there. But your setup there was, fuck. I mean, I, I thought that you were going to be like making moonshine and brewing hooch in in the backwoods. Yeah, it almost felt like it was more West Virginia than anywhere else. Yeah,
3: it's backwoods. I mean, I'm from Annapolis. I didn't know. I didn't know anything about the area I live in. Now I had no idea it it, it existed. It's still like two hours south of D.C. and might as well be on the moon. So yeah, we were out shooting shotguns at six in the morning, and the only one we pissed off was like my wife and, and the dog.
1: <laughs> Can we talk about like me being a part of the Chad Clay kind of family event? Because I just show up and I'm all ready oh, and happy yeah. hanging out, and they're like, "Hey, guess what you're doing today? What do we do?" Yeah, we had to bury our family cat. Oh. Yeah, so, sad Nick, shows up,
5: sad Nick
3: shows up. Nick shows up. I'm like, well, the afternoon has been planned. We have got a funeral, and you're you're a gravedigger with me. So, yeah. welcome yeah. to Southern Maryland.
1: Oh God, that was incredible. Love that
3: cat. You love that cat. I, I, a damn cat. right, I love that cat. I, I love.
4: Yeah, sad I love day. all the family animals. Of course.
1: Back to getting, so um, let me get this back on, instead of talking about cat funerals, uh, I'm curious because, again, Jab, when we were going through that process, almost immediately after we ended it, I was like, damn, that was good for 17-year-old me. Do you ever find kids, uh, especially boys, that are like, almost take offense to like the, I don't need your help, like, why do you think that you need to help me? situations uh
3: i mean uh, yeah but, well I'll also I'll, th- I'll, I'll ask evan this one because he's gonna have way more experience with me this than i do but imagine what it would have been like for both of you guys if you hadn't been recruited like uh, the colleges came to you guys you know like in a way you kind of self-selected based on where you could play lacrosse and if you don't have that um sports component then it's just a lot harder, yeah. and I think what what I've found in the time I've been with Real Frequency is navigating the college application process. I don't even know how people do it without help. It's a it's way too complicated. Mm. So um, yeah. I think at first people think they they've got it because how hard should applying to college be? Then they get into it and they're like, oh shit, this is this is actually complicated. The financial piece fit where can I get in where should I go how do I figure it out like I mean that's yeah
4: negotiating finances getting in getting a scholarship of merit or academic and then asking for more which can be done it can be done in the right way in the wrong way we often leverage schools for, for more money than they initially offered before those acceptances accepted um, so there's things that just people don't understand or know that are there as resources right Now, as far as the 17-year-old, 18-year-old boy is concerned, young man who doesn't know what's truly best for them and has only heard those in professional positions or their parents, it is, we're kind of at an advantage in how we approach this process with them. I, my job many times, and my clients that I work with the most are the difficult men who have chips on their shoulders. It's my job to knock that chip off as fast as possible. And um, I sometimes do it in minutes. Sometimes it takes me days, but I do it. And then they realize uh, what, how important it is for them to be able to like leverage help, which is, is what we are. Um, because it'll happen. The The humble train comes. It comes hard. It's just a matter of, of when. And um, I want to make sure they're prepared for it that's where the real and real frequency comes from because we're we're real we're fucking real and we talk about real stuff and it's it's it gets heavy in here man we talk about everything because anything is, could be a possible hurdle or something that diverts or derails them down the road that isn't stuff that usually high school counselors can and will talk about or delve into just because they don't have the time they don't have the expertise and frankly they're like, they're doing the God's work, man. They don't get paid enough. High school counselors, bless them. Holy cow. But the fact of the matter is you meet with your counselor one or two, three, four hours best in your whole time that you're there in high school. And that's an inhibitor. in when it comes to receiving advice from them, because it is sound, it's just not accurate uh, because they bob and weave so much. Uh, so when it comes to the strengths and sometimes they're resistant or don't get it, it's my job to go in there. And when I call an expectation reset, and we have conversations that, you know, make leave a little shaky. Sometimes they leave a little tears in their eyes, but I do it from a place of love. And I do it from a place of experience and um, it's intense. It gets intense, but what it gets is results too. And there's a formative change in them. And parents actually call and they're like, Hey, what did you say? B can you tell us so we can do it too. And I was saying, you know, again, part of the secret sauce, but also that's not your place to do. This This is my place. Your place is to love and support and, and be along for the ride. Uh, And of of course, I don't know if we're effective at it, you know, frequency, real frequency, where where you are now. uh, Nick is where I wrote my business plan, wrote it on the beach in San Diego. Spent four or five days down there, wrote it with my thumbs on notes on my iPhone. And it is, I, I think I copied it and put it into a word doc at one time. And I think it was seven or eight pages long and it was just thoughts and ideas. (laughs) And I knew, you know, coming from education, it needed to be different. It needed to be something that was completely against the grain because what's happening now is not working. Two million students drop out of school a year. Are you freaking kidding me? Six hundred twenty-five thousand freshmen either withdraw or transfer, right? Transfers not a freaking backup plan. When many people come to us, like, "Oh, if we don't like it, we'll we'll transfer." I'm like, "Oh, you have no idea the financial implications that you're about to go under there if that's your plan B." Two, emotionally, it is so draining and very difficult because basically you're going through this process over again. Like, why waste all that time? Why waste all that energy? Um, And then, of course, you know, that's where the real comes from. But the frequency, our brain sends frequency to our body to tell us how to react to certain situations, whether it's like, stay, get the hell out of there, right? (laughs) Is this a funny situation? Is this a dire situation? And those real frequencies are important that we're dialing in. The more information we have, the more confident our clients have more apt they will be to make those decisions with a streamlined frequency, you know, make like on the field and you guys know better, but when you're hyper freaked out, you got adrenaline going and it's a big game and you got to make split decisions, usually sometimes they don't end up really the way that you'd like them to, right? Uh, you make a bad decision or your back's against the wall, you're down by 10, you're you're bummed. It's time to make a decision. That's probably not going to fare well for for your team either. You can stay calm, cool, collect. Like the kicker for Cincinnati is one of my favorites. He shares our our name, Evan. He's amazing. Oh, McPherson? Yeah.
0: He's not my fantasy team.
4: Dude, I'll trade you. He's clutch. Dude, he's clutch. Do you know why? Because he doesn't give a fuck. And the, the highs don't bother him and the lows don't bother him. And they go out there, and he goes, "Hey, guess what, Coach? We just won the FC championship." Goes out there, boom, like that is the point of where you really need to start making decisions. If you if you can stay there and remain there, uh, then things are going to look much better for you down down the pipeline. Yeah, Colin Henderson's
3: one of our partners. He's a mental toughness coach. He's on our team, and he does this lesson about there's positive thought, negative thought. But the best thing is no thought, which is perfect for oh. you, Nick.
5: <laughs> Nick's no, like what?
1: Nick's, not- Nick's had that nailed down for years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy shit, I got some work. <laughs> so in that description, Evan, I actually just kind of got a question that I don't—I haven't even really asked you, but so the financial piece is very important part, and also conversely. The parents stay in their lane to love and support, and that's not their role to really involve themselves to the extent that you do. But the financial piece kind of involves the parents. How do you find that balance of including the parents to the right amount to where they're factoring into the decision, especially on the like I just got done visiting my family in Whitehall, Montana? And as far as they're concerned, college is a fucking Democratic hoax. Um, so like I'm I'm curious how the parents are implemented into this uh, you know, into this entire process.
4: Yeah, no, it's a, it, it's a tricky, uh, web we weave and we, we want to make sure a, that they're just as included as the client but also that their priorities are being met and, and what their expectations are for this experience are met. Okay, And, and if we have this assessment, it's called the cafe, and I mentioned it before. Right. And and everyone takes it. Mom takes it by herself. If mom and dad are married, dad will take it by himself and kiddo will take it by himself. And it gives us an idea of what priorities are for for everybody. And now it's our job to put those metrics together and to find an institution that meets just about everybody's expectations. There's what? 6,400 schools that are eligible and accredited in the United States and Canada. Come on. There is a place for everybody, okay? Education isn't... college isn't for everybody, but education is, and there is a place for everybody and it can meet everybody's expectations. Um, It will not surprise you that demographically and stereotypically, you know, the the dads are usually concerned about the finances and the moms are concerned about the academics. Kid, experience. Like, that's just how the metrics roll. I really like it when everybody's on the same line, but um, again, stereotypically, that's what we generally see. Um, when those are flip flopped, it makes it really interesting, right? Like kids worried about finance, and mom was really wanted, wanted the the experience, and then dad's like, "Yeah, whatever, as long as they don't die." Uh, and then then we're like, "Okay, now we're working with something here." Yeah. Um, and, and so again, honoring everybody's what they bring to the table and their concerns also helps. Like whether or not their score is whatever it is doesn't really change what we're bringing to the table. It just allows us to explain and define it to them in, in their language and, and qualify it for them. Give them permission to be like, hey, that's good school.
0: I'm curious uh, how much of like your clientele are like athletes who are trying to get recruited. I know you mentioned like partnering with sports clubs and I thought it was interesting. Chad said like, <clears throat> you know, we kind of had it easier because schools were coming to us, but, which makes a ton of sense to me. But also I'm thinking like, the, those kids probably need the most help because, like, it's coming or like,
4: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. I had the least informed decision, I should say, because like it's just kind of coming to them. Like, like Nick just talked about partying at Notre Dame, which like is literally not doing anything. So I don't know what that was, but <laughs> oh, no, it was like,
5: sick. Like, no, was <laughs> like
0: sick. you could have ki- you could have like kids committing to UNC because their colors are light blue. Like, oh, yeah. like seriously, sick. and and they score like a ton of goals. Like that probably happened. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, how that is different than you know. um, a, a non-athlete. Um, and then, like what the biggest challenges are in terms of like, you know, getting them to kind of see the bigger picture and why one yeah. school might be a better fit than another, despite you know, it might not be the the shiniest object in the room yeah,
3: yeah. the the elite athlete that's getting recruited heavily is not where our focus is. I mean, we yeah. would we would take that that case or that client because in the end, athletics is just another. It's just another extracurricular activity. Um, and so whether you're a cello player or in drama or whatever, whatever things you bring to the school and whatever you want to get out of the school that we sort of just couch it all together. We do have a consultant who played baseball. He's really good about coaching our clients through the process of this is how you talk to a coach. This is how you engage with them. This is how you send them film. Stuff you taught me, Nick, when when I didn't know anything about that and how to talk about that with our with our lacrosse players in our local club here. But some of that stuff, I mean, the families and the and the athletes need to be coached in that, but we are mm-hmm. not about um helping elite athletes get recruited and no. get into a school yeah. to play a sport because
4: it's more than that. It's so much more than that. Yeah, it, yeah.
3: yeah. It, it's just
0: we just sort of cannot even like the decision making or
3: the decision like, making based on yeah. yeah like if you're recruited by Syracuse and, and Notre Dame and uh, you can you can chime in with jokes now but uh <laughs> but like if you're rec- if you're recruited by them the 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 team the coach that whole piece has to be part of your selection process but you yeah. got to be looking at. What do I think I want to do with my life? Mm-hmm. Is this gonna get it set me up? What is the social life here? Like what do I want a fraternity scene? Do I want just a a bar scene? Is like South Bend and Syracuse are kind of similar towns and like what they offer outside of the campus. I need to look at that. You know, I need to look at other extracurricular stuff like maybe I want to go to Europe for a semester. How am I going to do that if I'm playing a varsity sport? Well, you're not. Okay. Well, do I want to play a varsity sport? Mm. What happens when guys like I'm not the only guy to go through a a varsity lacrosse program and not graduate on the team, you know? So what does it look like when you when you get out of the sport that you're playing, and how do you fill that gap? I mean, it's hard for athletes to leave sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can remember not being in the locker room anymore and feeling like that sucked, and, and and being able to hold on to those relationships and when you're we we talk about what it's like to go to a big school and how do you make it small so you're not overwhelmed so mm-hmm. if you go to like a, an ohio state or penn state how do you make your world really tiny well you do that by mm. playing a club sport or being in drama or playing an instrument or joining like a rock band or whatever you whatever your jam is but yeah. it's all the same regardless of whether you're being recruited to play a varsity sport or not.
4: It's the same approach. Well, I can give you an example of the student. We just graduated last year. He's at UT Austin. Now he's a rock star, man. Um, and he played high level lacrosse all his life and into high school. And that was his plan, man. That was his plan. Two things happened, got injured and then COVID. And it just so happened. He was part of the class where like, holy shit we got uh, like what are we doing how we recruiting i'm sure you guys saw the ripple effects from that right yeah and this young man went like first of all he's handsome as hell he's smart as hell he's nice as hell like he's like he's like the trifecta this kid is legit and he's he came to me he's like i'm lost i I, like this isn't going to be a part of my story what I, yeah. I, it was really hard for him to wrap his head around it was our job to be like this is actually what it can and will look like for you okay not just fiscally right because athletic scholars draw off the table yeah you know, i don't know not a lot or not a lot's given within lacrosse or CAA anyway unless you're a top tier player but also like we need to fill that void dude we gotta we gotta find your people like fast. That's what Chad's yeah. talking about, making it small. So when yeah. you get to UT, dude, find your folks. And we do that prior to them even setting foot on the ground, make sure that club sports are an option, um, that, you know, the things that he's really interested in are, are going to be available to him. I don't care if it's freaking, you know, dead poet society or it's ultimate frisbee, like do something. And I almost require it with our clients just because they don't quite understand if they are playing at a high level and they're like, I'm done and burnout, I just want to go be a regular student. I'm like, Oh, Oh, you're, you're playing, you're still playing college yeah. sports. And they're like, no, I don't want to. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're playing with your, your friends. You give yourself one hour a day to not think about anything else, but what you're doing, it's going to serve you with your attitude, um, fight depression, anxiety. And then you've, you're ingratiating yourself with friends forever, man. It's, it's a must.
3: Yeah, that UT Austin kid. Actually, he he was one. He was the first one I did strengths with. Yeah, and when we did this post uh, interview good. when he was graduating, he he does this. Um, he was talking about it, he's like, and he he referenced it. And he was like, I use that. I use those strengths when I'm talking to my parents. Like I think about them when I'm like. And I was like, holy crap, this kid like completely got it, yeah. and yeah. and started to own him. It was cool to see. I also happened to see him on TV last weekend at a UTS football game. Oh, yeah. And I was like,
4: uh, (laughs) I don't think he's missing lacrosse. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I don't remember woo being one of his strengths, but it
3: looks like it. there. He's doing fine. He's doing fine.
1: He's doing
4: great.
5: He's doing great.
0: Got it. Well, we'll start,
1: uh, start, I guess, to tentatively wrap it up. Um, But one of the kind of final questions that I had is... What are some of the, uh you know, kind of struggles that you face on a day-to-day operation standpoint? I mean, it, it's got to be moving goalposts, whether it's f- like you just said, freaking COVID. I can't even imagine how you try and help people through COVID, um, whether it's, you know, kind of a, a changing of, you know, whatever demographics that you see that are influxing your inbox, whether, you know, the word of mouth marketing is, you know, being beneficial or just kind of providing you the same thing. I, I don't know enough about it to speak on it, but I think that'd be kind of cool to hear about what some of those challenges are so that Evan and I can hammer home at like the top of every episode, hmm. you know, Hey, here's, here's our new partner. Here's something that you can do to help.
3: Yeah. I, I think the, the struggles we see out there, I think with, with the demographic of of guys that listen to the post game, um. It's that late college or early out of college professional that's just sort of struggling to find what they want to do with themselves so that's the thing we kind of we see in the in in among our clients where the biggest struggle is the other one is the our, our bread and butter is and, and has been for a while college consulting so helping is with the college journey mm. um and then um, but I think, If you're asking about our business specifically and what our struggles are right now, we're just in in growth mode to the point where operationally we're having, you know, it's challenging staying ahead of the the need, like hiring ahead of demand, training our consultants, getting them, you know, dialed in. And it's, I actually moved back to Spokane for the school year and brought my eighth grader with me. So he's going to school with me. I'm like, he's a legend. Sing- for the yeah, yeah, he is a legend. Single dad in it just for one year so we can just get a lot of this early startup phase operational stuff dialed in, yeah. which is hard to do in a remote sense.
4: It really is. I I, I jokingly said, hey, wouldn't it be funny if you just moved out here with, with your son for nine months? Because we're building this and it's 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 massive and and i can't do it with you virtually <laughs> the next day is like can we talk i was thinking about that <laughs> and uh um my, how would that work <laughs> and I'm like, seriously and then shit month and a half later he's showed up found him in an apartment bought a car and off and running i'm So happy that he that he made that decision.
3: Within a nine iron of Jack and Dan's, Nick. So next time you're in town.
1: I know don't exactly do not show exactly up. where that it, is. That's,
4: that's my old stomping grounds from grad school, man, at Gonzaga. I don't drink anymore. I'm, I've been sober for almost decades. So, but I will be your DD, both here. of you. You guys get fucked up, and I will. You guys take, uh, what's the uh, uh, say hangover? Sorry, the hangover drink. Hangobi. Hangobi. You guys take that. I'll get you home. Okay. There's a plug have for hangover. T- yeah,
1: free address. We're charging them for that. Yeah. Good job, <laughs> yeah. Evan.
4: You're welcome. Good <laughs>
1: No, that's awesome. But listen, Evan, Chad, really, really appreciate you guys having. I have you. one more. I have one more. Oh yeah, more. go, yeah, yeah, go. Sure,
0: sure. Dad, give me your number one drinking vodka in Kazakhstan story.
3: That okay? So yeah, so I lived in Kazakhstan for three years. Uh, the best, the best vodka drinking story was when we were going on this road trip out to the middle of nowhere to camp. We stop at this gas station. It's like me and like thirteen buddies, and we found Mike Tyson brand vodka. <laughs> which which i'm sure mike tyson got all the royalties for that and uh so we bought a bunch of mike tyson vodka we're drinking in the woods and we get completely blasted and we're jumping in this river and stuff and then, then we come back and someone's got like a lonely planet and they're reading about drinking in Kazakhstan. And like don't ever drink bata vodka like mike tyson vodka <laughs> We're like, uh, oh shit! I met that probably took some some life <laughs> off the bladder.
5: <laughs> oh.
0: Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. No, I was there for three <laughs> years.
3: Like, yeah, Kazakhstan. That's a whole nother podcast. We could talk about that.
0: All right. Already pencil yourself in as a recurring guest. All right. Love yeah. It. Good. Kazakhstan uh, stories. Yeah. uh, uh you frozen. You want to kick us off? Oh,
1: no, listen, uh, any, any final words to leave with, uh, you know, leave with everybody that's listening.
3: Yeah. We're just happy to partner with you guys. Um, I think awesome. there's a lot of people listening that could, that can use help. And if we can help them, we'd love to. So we appreciate you guys getting the word out and helping us do that.
4: Yeah. Keep what you're doing, man. Stay real. This is, this is fantastic. I love you guys.
1: Got it. Uh, enjoy the rest of the week, fellas. Thanks guys. Thank you for tuning in, Uh, obviously very exciting times as I get ready to head to Denmark. We have a new sponsor, Evan is once again, ready to have his heart ripped out of his chest by the Jets, Um, good stuff. We fired intern Kulin, if you wanna be an intern, let us know, Um, check out Real Frequency, anything that you do with our sponsors goes and helps a long way. Thank you, goodbye, we will see you next week.